Hey guys, brand new podcast, and I am still on tour at the Birdie Boy Relapse Tour. Norfolk, Virginia, two shows. Columbia, South Carolina, one show. Savannah, Georgia, two shows. Macon, Georgia, one show. Next week, Pensacola, three shows. Birmingham, Alabama, Memphis, two shows. Evansville, Indiana. Birdie Boy Relapse Tour uh, continues. I'm very proud to announce I will be doing a show Cinco de Mayo at the Greek. We are coming up with a early morning Cinco de Mayo drinking event that we're trying to put together, but I am suffice to say Cinco de Mayo at seven o'clock. I will be on stage at the Greek in Los Angeles. I cannot fucking wait. I am going to the Greek right now to shoot promos for that event. I am so fucking pumped. Today's podcast is an awesome one. Is It is with Esther Pavitsky. Esther is better known in our circles, Little Esther. She has on a podcast that was formerly known as the Bloodbath Girls. We talk about the transition to the uh, Trash Tuesday podcast. Uh, it's with her, Annie Letterman, and uh, and Kalila, and it is a fucking awesome podcast. I'd like to get on it. She would have. She has a great special on Comedy Central that was a hybrid that was done through Happy Madison. We talk a little bit about that. We talked mostly about sleeping with our parents. Yeah, your parents a lot. We talked about sleeping with our parents. I, you'll hear some secrets that I maybe shouldn't have shared on this podcast. Mm -hmm. We connected on our relationships with our parents, with our my relationship with my daughters. It's a great fucking podcast. I could sit and talk to Esther forever. She's so fucking awesome. Um, the USS get, Indianapolis. Yeah, we ended up that? talking about the USS Indianapolis. It's a great podcast. I will not waste your time. Let's get to it. Uh, today's podcast guest, without further ado, Esther Pavitsky. This is Cast. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you for great. having me. No, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, you have one of my favorite uh, tweets ever. Which one? Did... Uh, Anyone else have two boyfriends on Joe Rogan today? Oh, no. <laughs> You're, it's funny. It's funny. There's a lot. There's a lot of because uh, I used to get you and Esther Koo mixed up. Yes. Do you is. remember me saying that to you one time? I think I might. I said to you, uh, I loved you on Jim and Sam, and you were like, on Opie oh, and Anthony, yeah. and you were like. You're like, huh? And I was like, that masturbating thing was hilarious. I heard you masturbate, and you were like, okay. So oh, I don't confused. think that was me. And so I was confused. like, no, it was great. It was great. And you were like, I got. And then I was like, oh, she's embarrassed. And then I was like, and then I met Esther Koo, and I went, oh. Well, it is such a. It's like not a name you hear often. So if there's two of us in one business, like it is fair to mess us up. And you for the longest time were just Lil Lester. Yes, that was originally that was like my nickname when I first came to the comedy store because I was like 21 but looked 14 and like just little baby and and so short. So everyone called when, me. When did you go to the comedy store first? Um, so I moved to LA in 2009 from New York. Uh, no, from uh my hometown Skokie where I grew up. It's a suburb of Chicago. I was in. I went to college at University of Illinois for two and a half years. Dropped out. Moved to LA. Um, dropped out. Yeah. So wait, what? How did like? You don't seem like someone that would drop out of college. I totally agree. I know. I give off like an A student vibe sometimes. Um. <laughs> But I just hated it. You know, I was, I feel like we're kind of very opposite. Like, really? Because for me, college was like everyone was drinking and partying. And I just, I was like 
didn't want to try alcohol because my grandma was an alcoholic and I was like, it's bad. And so I just was like, I don't belong here. And I really? felt so like alone. And that's when I quit, moved to LA and just, I showed up at the comedy store. I, I was a babysitter during the day. And then every night I would, I was like, well, the first time I went to the comedy store, I was like, what is this place? I've never seen anything like it. It's so cool. It's like from the old days. Yeah. And I just went every night from like 9 p.m. till 2 a.m. and was like a crazy person, basically. So wait, so wait, hold on. So did you, I want to talk about your grandmother for a second, but like, and you're in a relationship with alcohol, but did you, did you go to the comedy store going, I want to be a comedian? Yes. Okay. Yeah. What happened was, is I moved to L.A. and I knew I wanted to do something in comedy. I wasn't exactly sure what. And the night I moved there, moved here, um, I was at a bar with a friend and I was like making fun of my friend. I was just being like, I was so excited. I was being crazy. Yeah. And the owner of the bar, this woman, she's like, you're really funny. And I was like, oh my God, thanks. She's like, you should do stand up. I'm like, that's so funny you say that. I moved here to kind of do that. And I, but I don't know where to go. And she said, I've heard of the comedy store. And the next day I went to the comedy store and brought my resume and tried to get a, hired as a waitress. They were like, no, you have no, this resume is empty. Um, but I just hung out there like basically ever since. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, so did you, you cut your teeth at the comedy store then? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's fucking. Sunday, Monday, open mics. And I also, you know, Don Barris used to do that late night band. And mm -hmm. I was, I would sit in the crowd and he would every night, we just, this all, we just kind of made it up as we went, but he would say, is there anyone in the audience who'd like to dance with us? And every night I would raise my hand, I would. And then I'd go on stage and they'd be like, how old are you? And I would say I was 14. And they'd be like, <laughs> how'd you get in here? And it was just this like weird, creepy, like organic, crazy thing that we did every night for like two years. Good God. <laughs> That's crazy. So wait, let's go back to your grandmother. So wait, so your your grandmother was an alcoholic. Yes, I will get in I'm trouble. Assuming she's, I'm assuming she's passed. She hasn't. <laughs> what? Oh, that's right. You're young. You're young as shit. Well, like on my dad's side. So my dad is 78. And so I never met his parents. Wait, so you, were you an accident? Mm, well, good question. From what I understand, my parents were dating and they broke up because my, he, my dad wouldn't commit to my mom. And then he got lonely or something they reconnected and then the first night that they reconnected she was like you'll never marry me and he's like i'll prove it to you and that's how they made me wait shut up <laughs> so so because your parents were in your special yeah yeah they're a big part of my life are you are you an only child i'm a half only child so my dad's only child <laughs> i know only child that's great yeah but that's i'm so like i'm such a fan of yours because you are you put your family first and you're so like involved and you're you and your daughters like it just it ma makes me think of me and my dad and that's that's so interesting because i'm i wonder i'm like obsessed with girls relationships with their dads right now because i'm going through a lot of this stuff like like right now i'm going through a i don't know what it is but like uh it's it's almost like a like a distance with my oldest she's giving me like uh, like a heisman kind of like vibe like last night we went to her lacrosse game and uh and shoot it was so fun because i was watching her be herself and i was watching her be athletic and i was watching her be competitive and i was watching her be like a little bit of a fucking savage and then i wanted to share all that with her and then she came up and she gave leanne a hug and gave me a hug and when you could see like she was just it stinks because they they just grow up and then 
she's like, uh, so what do you guys, are you guys, are you guys going to stick around? Are you guys going home? And she's like looking around and I was like, I was like, well, we can go home. She's like, okay, I'll see you at home. And we're like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't know yet. And just kind of walked away. And I was like, that's not like, that's, you want the little girl that's like, so dad, what did you think? You know? And like, and you, Hey, do you want to go to dinner and we'll talk about it? How about we get pizza, dad? Like the little girl that I've known her whole fucking life. But then you get, you're getting, you know, she's turning into a woman and she's wants to go with her friends. And she stayed with her friends and they all went out to get food. And they stayed out for like two hours and I wanted to be there, but like, you don't want to be the dad that sits there is like, <laughs> so, uh, and like, and like all, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hyper aware that the group of people I've saw them, the, the kids, they were looking at me and they knew who I was. I knew that it would be cool if I hung out. Yes, that's like, so come funny. on, I'm a fucking machine. Like there, I took just took pictures with all your dads, and come on, let's fucking let's hey. And, yeah, but no, that's such a. I feel like that's such a positive thing that she's like wants to go be with, like live her life. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I saw your special, and you are very connected with your your parents. Yeah. And I think that is what I thought when I had because me and my sisters are really connected with my parents, and my daughters are healthy, and I think that that is. <laughs> I think Leanne did that to them. <laughs> is turning like gave them like my parents did fucked up things with me. Like it was like I slept in my I slept with my parents until I was like ten or eleven. I couldn't sleep alone, and I would my I slept on the on the sleeping bag on the floor like till an age I it's not appropriate to say. Like uh, so, I walked into my dad. I walked into my my we bought a new house in like 1982, and I walked into my dad's bedroom. And I said, I figured out the bed I want. And he goes, you're going to start sleeping by yourself? I said, I am. And he went, okay. So I want a bunk bed, and I want it right at the foot of your bed. And he goes, that's not sleeping by yourself. I said, I'm out of the bed. I'll be in my own bed. And, I, and then, Dad, we can work that bedroom. We can work that bed into my room one day, and then I'll be good. And my dad was like, ah, just get in bed with me. And then, and then I slept. And then what I did was I'd take my mattress in and put it at the foot of their bed and sleep in their room. I'm talking until, I mean, I didn't do it in high school, but I can't say I didn't do it right up until high school. Like, I mean, I don't remember. Hey, do, will you tell Andrew to go in the house and grab my phone? I think it might be in my bedroom. I would be curious what my dad's answer. You are blowing my mind right now. Like, we are such kindred spirits. Like, I... I have so many memories on the sleeping bag, in the sleeping bag on the floor. And then also when my mom would sleep in the twin bed with me in my room. And then I would hear her creeping out and be like, no, 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 I'm not asleep yet. Stay, stay, stay. Like pathetic. Like why? What's wrong with us? Why do we have to do that? So it's, it's not us. It's our parents. (laughs) So like, cause, because we didn't do that with our kids. So like, I didn't do that with me and Leanne didn't do that with our kids. And, and it, and, and there were times that I wanted to like, uh, like Georgia, uh, there's a time where your your Georgia's in a, cri- a crib, and the crib's in the bedroom with us. And if she would wake up, there would be times where I'd be like, "Just she's awake. Just put her in bed with us, and let's go back to sleep." And Leanne would be like, "No." She Leanne held firm about that. Like, no, she's you've got to teach her this. And then, and then Isla was the worst. I mean, Isla was like the fucking worst up until up uh, probably up until ten. Isla would just get up in the middle of the night, walk in her room, and go. I get in bed with you guys. She'd never wake up Leanne. She'd go to me because she knew I'd say yes. Oh I'd be like, oh, "Fucking of course, just get in bed." <laughs> what the fuck? And and I and 
Isla, but but it's it's our parents that do it. Our parents allow us to do it. It's a kid's natural instinct to want to be in bed with their parents. Oh, okay. And so a parent has to draw boundaries, and Leanne drew those boundaries. And Leanne drew those boundaries because we had friends, we had really close friends that let their kids sleep in bed with them, and it kind of fucked up their marriage because they stopped having sex. Right. And Because you can't have sex if a kid's in bed with you. <laughs> and Leanne, I don't know what the fuck's wrong with Leanne because I would have just let the girl sleep in bed with us. I'd still let him sleep in bed with us for Christ's sake. I love that so much. Oh, my God. That's- I try. I now, I try to, like, not let sleep in bed with me or lay, but I want them to get in my bed to watch movies. Like, like, let's all get in the bed. We and they call it the cuddle dungeon. They're like, I'm not going into the cuddle dungeon, Dad. And I was like, that was the first time, and I was like, Oh, stop calling it the cuddle dungeon. It makes it sound bad. And they go, I'm getting in bed with my dad. That's really gross. And so I, uh, I would have loved it. I would, I would have loved. Me and my, me and my family have a very enmeshed life. Yeah. Like, I call my dad. Every single day. You do. I call my dad. This is how, because I, I I need to talk to my dad. Because whatever I need in life is my dad will give me. Uh-huh. Right? I guess it's that it's that um, you're making the right decision. You're going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, but I call, my, I call my mom's phone to talk to my dad. Because I want to make sure that my mom knows I need her too. Oh, that's so sweet. That's so thoughtful. It, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah. I, I call my mom's phone and then. I go, hey, what's up? And then she'll tell me what's going on. And then she's like, I'm sitting with your father. I was like, oh, let me talk to him for a second. Then I'll talk to my dad. Then I'll say goodbye to my mom. And then I I do that every day. I feel like I go to my mom for like, you know, emotional support or like to vent. She's such a good listener. And then my dad is kind of like my secret weapon, like coach. Like, I feel like he's just my whole life. Just, you know, always put these little like, just these little drops of wisdom in my ear. Like I remember when I was in high school, just for fun, we went to go and look at these new condos that got built in Evanston because I grew up in Skokie, which is right near where Northwestern is. And we're like, let's go look at these fancy condos. And um, at the time they were like $100,000, which now seems very affordable. But at the time <laughs> I was like, I was like, dad, like this is so stressful. Like I really want a life where I can live on my own and support myself, but I'll never be able to afford this. And he just looked at me and said, you're going to make your own money. And he just said that to me and it seems so insignificant, but like that subconsciously like told me that I'm going to be capable of making my own money. And I follow that, you know, and like, there's all these things I just, yeah, I, he's truly like, I, I think of him as like my twin brother. Like we're just like, we're siblings. What did your, what did your dad do for a living? Complicated question. Um, because the first 10 years of my life, neither of my parents had jobs. Um, my dad was, he was left like some money from his family. Uh, it's kind of complicated, but basically he met my mom after his parents died. So he was living in his parents' house and he didn't work. And when he met my mom and she got pregnant, he didn't want her to work, but she's kind of a worker. So when I was 10, she was the lunch, she she finally got a job. She's the lunch lady at my school, which you would think would be embarrassing, but I literally loved it. I would run into the lunchroom so excited to see her. Um, and then my dad, when he needed to work because the money ran out because my dad had a gambling problem, uh, he became a salesman. But when I was little, my parents didn't have jobs and my friends would ask me, what do your what does your dad do? And I remember I went home and I said, what do you what, what do you do? My dad 
was kind of a little bit of a con artist. He was like, just tell them uh, I'm an accountant. And I was like, okay. So I like didn't know for a long time. For real? Yeah. That- what an interesting. And so, and you're, how old was your dad when he got your mom pregnant? He was 44. And so your dad and how old were his parents were when you're, when, the, how old was he when his parents died? I would say uh 42 when his mom died and a little younger when his dad died so i was raised in the house he grew up in really yeah that's why in my mind i'm like we're kind of siblings like because we were raised in the same house i don't know that's so insightful and so that and so when when he had to get a job what did he work before he did he worked before it wasn't until his parents died where i think he was just like gonna take a beat and just you know well 40 back then was 50 yeah 40 was the over the hill party that's when they threw you when you turned 40 you got an over the hill party that is so terrifying (laughs) can you imagine i mean i look at life right now because because you know you you weren't guaranteed 80 years right now i think everyone thinks well we'll get and you can be 80 and be kind of active i mean yeah i mean my parents are in their 70s and they're still very active i mean not not like doing sports and shit but they're not old people. Yeah. And so, but back in the day, they were. Like, back in the day, 75 was an old person. Yeah. Like, an old person. You're so right, because my dad is 78, and I'm, like, in shock at how he is functioning the same. Yeah. It's, like, it's, you're right, it's not as old as you think. I mean, you look at, like, Rogan. He doesn't seem like, I don't know how old he is, like, 54. Mark Maron's 59. He's 58. Is he 58? <laughs> but even that is shocking. He told me that the other day. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And and Burr's 58, I think. Burr, like, I mean, they, they don't seem like old men. Yeah. I mean, maybe when you get up close and you see their faces. But <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, they don't seem like old men. And when we were kids, 58 was, 58 was like, um, everyone was dead by 58. <laughs> I mean, I, I like, you'd, you'd gone through World War One, World War Two or the Vietnam or the Korean War, you had PTSD, you had a drinking problem. Like that that was how men functioned back then. And now you look at it, you're like, God, Bill Burr and Marin don't seem, Marin doesn't seem old at all. I know. He seems cool. I know, I know. I've been opening for him and I'm like, this guy, I'm like, he he made me feel like, oh, I'm going to have a long time to function. Uh, well, they they made me excited. I mean, they it made me, it gave me hope, those guys, because I thought, I don't have to be 32 and the hottest comic. Like, that was how things were when I was a kid. Was if you didn't make it by 33, you were fucking done. And it was like, and and then you looked at, like, who would pop? And, and I mean, I remember going to Montreal and being like, so this is the new batch of Dane Cooks. And going like, fuck, did I miss my, I guess I missed my shot. I mean, I really thought, I had a moment at Montreal one time where I got out of an elevator and I said, um, I always wanted to come here and know everyone, and now I do. And I went, oh, that means that I'm not young and cool anymore. Like, when you're young and cool, you don't know anybody, but they know who you are, and you have heat. Mm-hmm. I go, I'm not that guy. Oh, I'm just some old guy that knows everybody. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. And then I was like, I don't ever want to come back to Montreal again. Like, this this is sad. And And then I'm sitting at the bar, and I'm looking at kids, things happening for kids. And I'm going like, fuck, man, did I, I miss my shot? Like, I really missed my shot. And then, uh, and then you get a shot and then you get a shot and, and, and then it happened. And for me, it didn't happen until I was like 
44 maybe really yeah that's when i started let me get this let me be clear okay i have two different types of success i believe in i believe in today what i believe in i'm doing what i want and i love what i do and you can't get pull me away from the stage you can't pull me away from a podcast and i and i i don't even i don't even see dollar signs i see work i get to do versus when i worked at travel channel and i worked at travel channel when i was 37 and i started when i was 36 and i worked up until i was 44 i got fired at 44 and so um i and i and i was you could say i had money and i was successful i was on tv and i had a deal and i was getting deals and i was doing moving forward kind of but it wasn't until the Netflix special, or it wasn't until the machine story went viral that I started selling tickets. And selling tickets is the real quantifiable judgment in this business of, of are you going in the right direction? Do people want to see you do what you do? Or is the industry saying, this is the next hot thing, and which is, is Montreal, the industry going, this is the next hot thing, but there's no quantifiable way to say, is that accurate? I cannot tell you how happy I am that you're saying all this because I was in an interview yesterday and someone was like, what was like your big break? And I was like, what does that even mean anymore? Like success is so complicated because I have been working in this business for almost a decade now. And like, I don't, I don't have like a, I'm, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I always just say like, I just want to keep doing things that are funny and hopefully I can pay my bills that way. And like, then I'm successful. Yeah, and, and you don't need a big break. Look, not all of us are going to be Kevin Hart and Amy Schumer. Right. Like, a lot of us are going to just be, you know. Bert Nestor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Bert, me and you. And you just, and you make a really great living. And, yeah. And you're really happy. And you're, and you may never, uh, you're not going to be Trevor Noah. But I, I don't really want to be Trevor Noah. Like, I don't want to, I don't want that pressure of 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 the scrutiny and and all the stuff he's got to go through i know i kind of like being the you know yeah i i had such a weird experience last weekend where there's this like celebrity gossip instagram account that i what i'm like i'll look at it you know because it's fun to see what celebrities are up to and they did a story on me while i and i was it made me so deeply uncomfortable because it was first of all it was not true and I was so confused by it because I was like, is someone doing, is, I literally didn't know, is someone doing me a favor to promote my TV show or is someone bullying me and making fun of me? And what I realized was this was the first time that someone was talking about me where I wasn't in control. And in our business and what we do, we run our own podcast. We tweet our funny mm-hmm. thoughts. We say our stand up on stage. We're so in control. And it was the first time where someone was talking about me and I was like, oh. I don't like this. I don't like this. It made me very now, scared. Now, ready for this? And now think, how many times have I done that to someone who's famous? Because I've done that a lot. And so I think of that a lot. Because there's things that have been said about me that I'm not happy about. There's things that have been said about me that, what's up? Oh, there's things that have been said about me that that I I, I wish hadn't been said. And, and and then And then I think, how many times have I just kind of, Oh, thanks. I, I, how many times have I just kind of said, I don't even know why I needed my phone now. I was going to call my dad. Oh, yeah. um, I, I don't even know why I said those things. And 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 I, and I say them about people I like. I, I say them about people I like because I feel like they're defendable because I like the person, you know? Yeah. And so 
it, it's really hard to deal with. I, I got on Twitter today and I saw the, um, so I, I've told this before, but so on Twitter, I, what I do is, uh, I, I don't have it on my phone. I have it on my, um, I have it on my, I just go to the internet on my thing and the what? writing is so small. You can't see oh it. My God. So it deters me and I have to wear glasses. So I have to go get my glasses to look at Twitter. So I don't often go to Twitter. The only thing I really go to Twitter to see is what's trending and stuff. Mm. Cause like I, th- I it's, it's news for me. It's yeah. like, I, and it's, and it's gossipy news. Um, but I don't really see. And then one guy today I was, I got up early. I got the girl's coffee and I, I, I'm going to get on my computer Go through the news, go through Twitter, and then I hit my mentions. And this guy wrote the fucking sweetest thing. And I thought, God damn it, man. Is this going to sound crazy? I was like, I want to be more like this guy. Like, uh, I'll read it to you. Yeah. It was, and I, and I, it's, and then I thought, so there is some good is to define, oh. find what kind of people you want to be like. And what kind of people you don't want to be like. I love that lesson. You just turned this into a lesson for me. It's like if someone says something mean, it's like, oh, I just don't want to be like that person. Yeah, and, and I and and here's the thing is, I think that we need to realize is we have been like that person. Like yeah. we, we've been like that. We've all been like that person because that is kind of just how that works is like, is you, you know, you see. Uh, You see 50 Cent on the halftime show, uh-huh. and you're like, oh, he looks overweight. And then you're like, oh, I got a funny joke. I'll call him uh, a buck 50. I'll call him 250 Cent. Like, I'll, like, and then you you tweet that. I did, did it today. And then you go, he is also Curtis Jackson, who's just a dude who's like, enough, man. I get it. I gained a little weight. Like, he's just, just a person. Maybe 50 is a bad example. It's really but- not a bad example, though, because it, it's like, it makes so much sense to me. And that, you know, we're whatever in the public eye. No one wants to hear us complain about this, but it just was an interesting experience for me of like, I don't like this. Yeah. And then, and that's what you signed up for. And yeah. guess what? It's just more of it coming. <laughs> it's Wednesday. And I hope that love that the lovable son of a bitch, Burt Kreischer is off to a great start. Wednesday motivation, a hundred percent from at EB guitar man. And I read it and I went, Oh, thanks man. That's how I'd want to be perceived. And then I thought, God damn it. How many times have I seen the joke and just gone to the joke and been like, I'm going to ah zing off a, off a celebrity that I don't really, uh, you know, just zing. Yeah. Like, remember, I remember uh, just, and, I, and by the way, now I'm not even remember all the horrible stuff I've done. <laughs> I'm just, cause you know, you know, it's like you think of it, but, but yeah, I, I, that was the, I don't know how we got on this, but that was the, the takeaway. And then imagine being, someone really big in the public eye. Wait, I want to go back to something that you were talking about earlier about make earlier about making it later because it's my favorite like anecdote of my career is that like 8 years ago, 9 years ago, I went to a talent booker at a comedy club and I said, "Hey, I just saw Tiffany Haddish do a set and it was so funny. You got to book her here." And he said, "She's yesterday's news. It's never going to happen." Can I tell you something? I heard someone say that about Tiffany, uh, and it was a, a film company. What? And I was like, hmm. I was like, you know, I got to be honest with you. She's really talented. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, yeah, but I mean, we, we've known her. 
Right. And I was like, okay. And by the way, you, you're going to deal with that your whole career is that people are going to be like, I already saw you do stand up one time. It wasn't my thing. Yeah. But it's let me a- tell you something. I, I, I watched Bill Burr uh, 23 years ago, 22 years ago when I started, 23, 24 years ago, whenever I started. And it wasn't my cup of tea because he was not who he is today. Wow. It wasn't my cup of tea. I personally, I like Brian Regan better. It was okay, but it was like very like high energy, very clean, very, very uh, identifiable. You were like, oh no, I'm familiar with that kind of act. And then one day he went on stage and uh, I saw him really not give a fuck about what anyone thought. And I was like, what the fuck is that? And I ended up talking to him after that show. I remember I was being, I was shirtless. I was in the back of a club. It was hot. I was like, dude, whatever the fuck that is, do more of that. And he was like, really like it? And I was like, yeah, that's fucking amazing, man. That's so fucking good. Whoa, that's and, so and cool. And so, so you will grow as a comic. And by the way, be very fair. You watch Comfortably Dumb, my my first Comedy Central special, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, I, I like Dane Cook, too. But And then and then you watch The Machine, and m- maybe you'll say, that's one thing. Then you watch Siege Time, and then that's a different thing. And you just... You just keep growing if you if you're doing it right. You keep growing. Yeah. You know, some people just fucking find their zone and then stay there. Maybe I'm that guy too. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, making it later, finding love later in life is a big benefit. I, mean, I didn't fall in love with Leanne until I was like 29. Wow, I can't believe you consider that later in life. Oh yeah, no. Well, well, because I grew up in Florida, so everyone got married out of college. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And in Florida, like, I mean, every, everyone got married out of college. Everyone got married at, just out of college. All my friends. Yeah. That is, that's also like something I feel like has to have changed by now. Oh, yeah. Even in Florida. Uh, probably in Florida. I remember, I remember seeing like, I mean, I look at like guys like Tom and Joe and Bill who all started families later in life. And I go, God, that would, must be nice to be able to afford it. You know, yeah. like to be able to to be able to like I was a I was a poor dad. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, my kids have issues with money because they identify as poor. They identify as not having money for things. And th- and by the way, they were taking care of their whole fucking life. But like, I remember going into um, I remember going into uh, Toys R Us back when that was a thing. And going with and watch and seeing dads just throw stuff in the cart, throw stuff in the cart for Christmas, you know, like little stocking stuffers and looking at Leanne and she was like, we can't afford that. And I'd be like, oh, it's such a shit feeling as a dad to go. I can't afford to give my daughters the Christmas I want to give them. And then that, oh, it just it's I hope there are dads listening to this, knowing this feeling, but you feel really gross. Christmas Eve, you feel really gross. Ugh. And you're just like, ah, oh, you just look at your presentation and you're like, oh, that's it. There's nothing else that we didn't get. We, we don't have more stuff out there. Should one of us drive to Rite Aid and go oh get some like fucking tchotchke stuff just to fill it out? Like it just looks really thin. Oh, oh. my gosh. I, I relate to that too. You know, in high school, I would have done anything for a car. I didn't care what kind of car. I just wanted a car so bad. And I I asked so much. And my dad just said, like, I would love to get you a car. I can't afford it. And I I was like, it it made me 
like respect and understand the situation. Like I didn't look down. I was like, oh, okay, that settles that. I will I'll stop asking. Like, thank yeah. you for telling me. But it is, I know that it is a complicated feeling. And, and you better want that feeling if you want kids. Like that's <sighs> the other thing. People decide to have kids and they don't think about, hey man, I'm gonna have a lot of uncomfortable feelings. So I'm not ready. I mean, I, look, I don't care if you have money or if you don't have money, if you have kids, that, that's not the issue. I'm just saying you're going to deal with these feelings. And I, I empathize with your dad probably more than I do a rich dad. Like who goes like, get them whatever they want. You know, like I identify with your dad. My dad was like that. Mm. Like I, I got, I got a car when I was 16, but I got told what car we could afford. I didn't get, like I watched my buddies. I watched a bunch of my friends just get, I remember I had one friend whose dad told him to go to the dealership and pick out whatever car he wanted and write a check for it. He had a checkbook. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. He had, I think he had a blank check from his dad and he went down and he and I was with him. Oh. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Tampa. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. this guy's dad was really rich and uh, and this guy now is very rich. He's very he's, I mean, he inherited everything his dad Everything his dad, his grandfather established it. His dad inherited it. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't remember the, but he inherited it, and now he's he's very rich in Tampa. But I remember his dad gave him a check and said, "Go get whatever car you want." It was crazy. Wow, I don't see. I I don't think that's so good. Uh, Kid's still rich. (laughs) You know, I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean, I, I was not. It was not how I was. Like yeah. I, I went, and I could. I looked at my. We were. Yeah. It would. I. Yeah. I don't know. It wasn't how I was. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by Helix Mattress. We have a Helix Mattress, and we fucking love it. It is in our guest bedroom, and that's the room Leanne sleeps in, and it's also the room that everyone goes to nap in. That is the mattress everyone covets. Georgia has a Helix. Georgia. No one goes into Georgia's room. She's a teenager. This is what I love about Helix. It comes to your house. Super easy to set up. I mean, set it up literally in probably two minutes. And you take a sleep quiz. You tell them how you like to sleep. If you're a side sleeper, a back sleeper, a tummy sleeper, if you sleep hot, if you sleep cold, all this is super easy. And I'm telling you right now, if you're looking for a mattress, this is what you do. You take the quiz. You order the mattress that they matched you. The mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't even need to go into a mattress store again, which was so anxiety-induced. When you used to go into mattress stores, you'd sit on mattresses and lay on them and be like, is this what I want to sleep on for the rest of my life? (laughs) It's so nice to have a little bit of science put to the magic of sleep. Helix is awesome, but don't take my word for it. They were awarded number one best overall mattress pick in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Bert, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, so if you get it, Try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you're going to. Helix has financing options, flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows to our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Bert. Oh, shit. I got to get Leanne to shave my back. Uh, don't let me forget. I need cl- I need to bring clippers with me, okay? Definitely. What kind of clippers? I need clippers. Uh, I'm going to take my Manscaped clippers. Are you <laughs> kidding course, me? Obviously. I trim everything with my Manscaped. Are we doing a Manscaped read right now? Yeah, actually. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Oh, yeah. Here's what I fucking love about Manscaped. They've got their Lawnmower 2.0. 
It's a lawnmower 4.0 right now, and it is next fucking level. It's got a light on it, and they've changed the placement of the light, which I think is actually great. I like the, the light regardless because you'd be shocked how dark it is when you're trying to trim a mustache in a tour bus. Or when you're trimming your balls, I like to do it over the uh, toilet. I was going to say sink. The toilet. And it's pitch black in a toilet. No one, There are no lights. So when you do that, you can see what you're trimming. You're not just putting, hoping the rubber doesn't hit the road. It's a bunch of guesswork down there. You know what I've been using recently is What's the that? ball toner. It's like ball cologne. And I just do like a little squirt before it, bed. It is so brilliant that ball toner is out there. And because it is something... I'm telling you right now, they also have Manscaped Premium Deodorant, not for your balls, your stanky armpits. This deodorant dries clear and is aluminum-free, smells like their signature scent, hydrating body moisture, body wash, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner to clean your scalp with one shot, plus a free gift, a three-pack of lip balm that's made up with ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. I tell you right now, I recommend the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. The skin safe technology, the light. I use it for everything. I use it to trim my lips. I know you're not supposed to. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code BERT at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle thanks to Manscaped. But, but you know, I think there's, there's a benefit to growing up with a little bit of adversity. Hell yeah. Are you kidding me? I think it yeah. teaches you things. and. Yeah, I I mean, like I work I work my ass off, you know, yeah. and I love it and it's fulfilling and it's and I'm passionate about it. And I will not lie to you or myself, if I had a a wealth to fall back on, there is not a chance I would have stuck this out. There's just not a chance. I would have been so happy to be comfortable yeah. and live at my parents' house. And if if I if that would have been a sustainable option to me, I promise you I would have taken it. Yeah. Um, and instead I have this life and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, there is a reward that you, you can't explain to someone of earning something. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't, you can tell someone, but until you've earned it, my uncle, uh, my uncle was a very, very wealthy man, very wealthy man. When I was, uh, when I was uh, in, um, when I was in college, right before spring break, right before the Rolling Stone article came out, I went up to uh, to his house in Virginia, and I, in, I I interviewed with his company, and I thought that's what I would do for a living. I the interview Rolling Stone article hadn't come out, so I hadn't like had any frame of reference of of like of what I was gonna do for real. I wrote down what I wanted to do. I had I like you know took these interviews, and I just figured that's what I would do. The Rolling Stone comes out, and I want to be a comedian. And I go to my house. My uncle had a house in Naples. Uh, it's not my dad's brother. It's kind of complicated. It's my mom. It's my dad's mother's brother. Okay. So I go down to my dad's, my uncle's house in Naples, and uh, we sat in chest deep water. If, if you know Florida water, it's the water that where there's there's swells, but it's not a lot, and you just kind of move, but it's flat water. Just kind of move a little bit. It's not like big waves. Okay. It's just chest deep water, pretty flat, but it's moving. And we had a glass of red wine and we sat in chest deep water. And I was trying to figure, I was just graduated college. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I told him in confidence, in, in confidentiality, I want to be a stand up. And he said, uh, I think you should be a stand up. And I, the Rolling Stone magazine already came out. And he said, uh, I'll talk to your father. And I said, Really? And he goes, 
he's not going to be happy but i'll talk to your father and uh and and i and 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 tell me i trust me i just follow it and he said i'll tell you what if you get to new york and it doesn't work out in three months call me we'll figure something out and so i was like okay cool cool i I got this i all i gotta do is three months i'm gonna give it a shot and if not i'll just get a job working at his company i'm sure he has a firm up here you know he had a lot of companies at the time so i was like i'll just get a job working for him and he would come up to new york and take me out to dinner and and we'd go out to lunch sometimes and then he'd buy bagels for me he was really taking care of me i one of the most one of the two most influential people in my entire life my dad and my uncle jerry and so Uh I, I three months pops by i call my uncle jerry and i say hey, it's been three months i don't think this is working out and he said all right i'll tell you what give it three more months and i said okay and he goes three months if it's not working out call me we'll figure something out so another three months goes by maybe four and i call him and i go hey jerry i gave it four months it's not working out and he goes all right give it another three months i go jerry what <laughs> the fuck and he goes you're gonna keep giving it three months until it works. Oh my god! And he I'm goes, he goes. I, there's no bailout for you. You do this until it works. He goes. The only people that fail are people who quit. Do not quit, and you will succeed. And I'm like, fuck. I was working at Barnes and Noble at the time. I get fired from Barnes and Noble. I'm t- I turned 26. I think that's the timeline. I, my timeline draw is off. I turned 26 on my 26th birthday. My dad gives me this speech telling me I'm a piece of shit. I don't, I'm not doing shit with my life. I get a job working at the Boston Comedy Club and I get a deal from Will Smith six months later. A year later, I'm in I, I'm in New in LA, living in LA. I have a TV show. I just had a deal with Will Smith. I now have a deal with CBS. I have more money than I could, than I ever thought I'd have. I never thought I'd have more money than this. I thought this was what rich must be. I'm driving down Sunset over by uh over by vine mm-hmm. and i my uncle jerry calls me on my flip phone i had one of the badass small motorola flip phones and i said hey just thank you for never bailing me out and he goes i said i know that you could have he goes i was never gonna fucking help you and he goes you thought i was gonna help you and i said yeah i thought you were gonna bet me he goes never he goes real men work for what they earn, what they want and they earn it and he goes, doesn't it feel good knowing I had a, I had a uh, uh, ex- expedition, a black and tan Eddie Bauer expedition. Oh my God, I drove one of those when I was babysitting for a family. They let me oh. use it. <laughs> and he goes, doesn't it feel good to know that you earned that car? And I went, oh. and I was like, fuck yes. And it was like all that shit, all that shit just was like, you can't explain that to your kids. Yeah. And you can't explain that you you need adversity and it's like you need to move to la and go to the store i i can't tell a rich kid who moves from florida and his aunt calls me and says hey my my nephew moved to uh la and wants to be a comedian can you help him No. no you have to want it more than anything in the world and you have to go to the store every night from nine until closing and you have to sit in the back of the room and you have to have the want inside you when Don Barris goes, who's in this room, <laughs> to raise your hand. And only you and I understand that. And anyone listening that is a wants to be a comic, they it's something you can't really wrap your head around. You just have to fucking go through and do. Yeah. And not and not have a plan B or a bailout. That's the key. I remember my my high school theater teacher said that. He said it, if you have a plan B, you'll use it. 
And I always thought about that. I'm not going to get the degree in such and such so that I can do that in case. Like, I'm just, that's why I dropped out. I was like, I don't want the plan B. And I also, my attitude was when I moved out here was I just want to try. I don't even care if I make it. I just want to know that I tried. And if in a year it's not working, I was going to move back home, work at the Walgreens, walking distance from my parents' house. And thankfully, you know, I realized this takes more than a year and I love this and I'm happy. Um, But yeah, for me, it was all about proving to myself that I was willing to take the leap and try. And the outcome was not that important to me when I made that decision. Yeah. And and then the other part is, hey, you're also going to succeed a little bit and then you're going to fail again. Yes. So much. Right. (laughs) So much. When I booked my first commercial, I was like, I made it. And then a year went by and nothing happened. (laughs) Nothing else happened. So oh, I did those. I did that. My TV show, two development deals, uh, and then I was like, audition. Here we go. Your boy kills it. Like <laughs> I've, I, I pretty much have an amazing track record, and I didn't. I ended up doing a show called Hurtburg, but I, I didn't work again. I, I mean, I, I didn't. I, I just started featuring. I started hosting and featuring. I'd already been on television. I had a resume. I remember Daniel Tosh saying, "You have the." You are the most accredited host I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he meant it as like a little bust on my balls. But I was like, I was like, yeah. Cool. He's like, I, he goes, I don't have one credit. Daniel Tosh to this day, I think has one credit. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Pulls up his IMDB. I think it is Tosh.0 and that's it. That's very interesting. Uh, Dukes of Hazard, Taco Bell commercial, Dukes of Hazard and Tosh.0. I would be shocked if Daniel Tosh has more than five things on his IMDb page. Sorry. Specials don't count. Tosh.0. Oh, Brickleberry. Right. He did create Brickleberry. Yep. Wow. No, 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 no. Actor. Act- actor. Six credits. Two of those are Brickleberry. Wow. I'm like embarrassed now that I have so many meaningless credits all over the place. Tosh.0 isn't even on there. Oh, because he's not an actor in it. Paradise PD. I don't know what that is. Cartoons. Cartoons. Mm -hmm. Life and Times of Tim. Wow. Cartoon. He's, I mean, not definitely not being critical, but he's he's done no television, (laughs) like whatsoever. What's fucking crazy? By the way, you ready? You ready for this? I'm gonna call my shot. You know what Daniel Tosh is doing? He's going to be the next big late night talk show host. I'm going to call my shot because that's his goal. That's what he really wants to do. Oh. And he's going to be perfect for it. Do you know why? He's never spoken on a podcast. He's never talked shit. The only thing he ever has is like one rape joke that didn't go fucking great. But I think all the comics were like. I was going to say, we all have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did one on Comedy Central. I uh, Respect. <laughs> <laughs> Oh Every, everyone's got some skeletons in their closet yeah yeah i'm fucking yeah i'm i definitely go uh, i mean anyway Wait, but like side note my rape joke when i was in santa barbara i took a road trip with my dad he was so proud of me he told my he quoted my rape joke to a waiter i was like dad this is it's over <laughs> we're done you cannot do that that's fucking brilliant <gasps> so embarrassing the uh but yeah, like I bet I bet he's perfect because he's got 
Tosh could host the Oscars. He's done nothing. I love this. I love that we're manifesting this right now. Tosh could host the Oscars. He could. He could be a. You can't be a late night talk show, and have ever done a podcast. You can't be. A, why do you, I disagree? Come on, why? What? Or, okay, because the person they're going to want to host a late night talk show, they're going to want to have some personality. It's going to be someone that likes to talk, right? Uh huh. If you like to talk and you've been on a podcast, you're fucked. Why? You've said stuff against fucking something sideways on someone's political agenda of something oh, or if, you, so if you're a stupid. comic and you ever made jokes i mean look at they're doing to jimmy carr jimmy carr i mean they're they're really tearing him down i guess they don't have free speech laws maybe in the uk the way they do here oh because they don't have them in canada in canada free speech isn't like free speech is a straight up american concept wait what is that right <laughs> is that right god damn it that can't be right i wonder who i know in england that's a comic that i could call right now i man i i really hope and i mean this in a nice way i hope that you're wrong because i i think that there are so many great podcasters who are not bad people who should be hosting late night who? shows you and no, me and no, everybody no, 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 else no, no. why I don't not want that. i'm not gonna host the oscars i'm not gonna host late night talk shows by the way having said that how much do you want to bet? I just manifest that for myself. I know. Because you know what I said other? One time I said, I don't ever want to act in anything. And then I acted in the fucking machine and I loved it. Yes. And now I got to fucking eat my words. I am, if nothing, I am hypocritical. <laughs> if nothing, I am fucking a flip-flopping, hypocritical piece of shit who cannot hold his word. I love that. Uh, what's the rules in, in uh, the UK with free speech? Because I know in Canada dudes have comics have been arrested for jokes they've made excuse me by the way once again i'm not certain if that's accurate <laughs> i'm not You're certain just lying to me all is day. it mike ward mike ward i don't know him by the way this how sad is this that i have to put on glasses <laughs> to read something you know how fucking annoying that is like i never understood why people got uh lasix and then i go oh i fucking get it mike ward I should have him on my podcast if this is true. Although I bet he's a little gun shy to tell you his opinion. Mm. Mike Ward, comedian. So here's something about the UK that happened in February 2021. A Scottish man from Landmark was arrested on an offensive tweet about a deceased World War II veteran that included the message, the only good Brit soldier is a dead one. Burn, burn, odd fella, burn. He got arrested for that. Arrested? Yeah, you can get arrested for stuff you say. Tweeted. Um, tweeted i have it. never so loved here america we go. more than in this moment here we go hold on mike ward i knew i was right mike ward was the subject of a controversy at just for laughs gala he made a joke about renew quebec in which he mentioned cedrica provincia a young girl who had been abducted in 2007 whose remains were never found he mocked jeremy gabriel a young disabled singer in with treacher collins syndrome uh, he mocked his illness and tried to make a joke about killing him by drowning him. Uh, Gabriel, by the way, and I apologize to Mike if I'm not I'm not doing the joke justice. And that's what one of the things that I can't stand yeah. is when a comic tells a joke and then you just kind of go, oh, that does sound bad. But you're not doing the joke justice. Totally. Um, his parents filed a complaint with Quebec's Human Rights Commission. And the commission brought the case in front of Quebec's Human Rights Tribunal seeking $80,000 in damages from, from Ward. Which is technically only ten bucks here, it's, <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. And by the way, and I apologize. That was a joke, out of context. I he do. was ordered to pay forty two thousand dollars to Jeremy 
and his mother. Mike Ward's lawyer appealed the decision, and it was upheld in court. He then was fined by the Supreme Court of Canada, and this is, but it's crazy. Well, I'll say this. The the joke subject is not my favorite, but I definitely don't think someone should be legally in trouble for that. What do you mean? What do you mean it's not your favorite? What do you mean? Well, I, it sounds like he, this is, they're making fun of a disabled oh, oh, yeah, yeah, person. Yeah, 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 and yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't, I'm not here to support and sing praises for that, but yeah. <sighs> wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, look, it's, it's, uh, here's the deal. I have to support all jokes yeah. or no jokes. Like well, that's how. So it works because I also know that I've made jokes that are inappropriate and I know that I I would hope that uh, that every comic would go, yeah, I've written jokes that suck. Like I've written 100%. bad jokes. That's a, Here's the deal. Fuck the good jokes. Like those like those I'm ones not, are easy to explain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I there's jokes that I have that work that I regret from earlier specials. There's jokes that killed at the time that I regret from earlier specials. There's jokes that I'm writing now that I'm sometimes you write a joke and you don't realize how people perceive it. Like I have this chunk about Leanne that uh was is not nice, but I I thought it was funny, but I thought it was funny. And then someone hit me up and was like, hey man, it's just like it's like, do you love your wife? And I was like, Of course. That's why I'm married to her. And they're like, but it seems like you don't like her and that joke you're making. I'm talking about decolletages. And and I was like, well, no, that's what is she's 52 years old. That's what it's like. Should I not mention that? Like, and then you're like, wait, I've got to be the, you've got to have the right to try to make a joke, I even totally if it doesn't agree. work. And that's where I stand because I've made a lot of jokes that didn't work. Me too. And I've bombed at every building in this town. <laughs> I've bombed in, and I've succeeded in very bad ways also where I told a joke and it, and it wasn't a great joke right like where i go where you could light me up for that going that still isn't a good joke my attempt is never to hurt anyone although i have i'm certain i have my attempts to make everyone laugh well you know what i'm so glad we're talking about this because i just had a very strange experience um basically i last year i had a miscarriage and i decided oh i'm totally fine oh, wait, i knew this maybe yeah i, I yeah, think yeah, i've yeah, mentioned yeah, yeah. it um a couple places and I wrote some stand up about it that I'm like so psyched about. I think yeah. I think it's so funny. I'm so happy that I'm expressing myself and processing my trauma through my art. Like that's what I was put on this world to, yeah. to do. And I was like, I want to do this on late night. Like I want to just like go out there and just show people like this is we can make this funny and it's no, there's no stigma around it. And I uh, was emailing with my publicist and I said, will you just tell them before you, we send them the set? It's about my miscarriage. I just want them to know that before. And the the booker wrote back, that's not an appropriate subject matter. I don't find it funny and I don't want to listen to it. And I was like in shock. I was like, oh my God, I must have been so naive. I thought I could talk about whatever I want to. Um, was a booker a dude or a chick? A dude, um, from what I understand. And you know what? I don't know what, real, what the real, I don't know the real, you know, but I, it pissed me off and it really, it does feel relevant to this of like what you can joke about and what you can't like, I don't, why can't I joke about it? I don't know. Maybe I'm not supposed to, but it was my experience. It's weird that I'm not allowed to share it or people won't even listen to it's, it. It's weird that you would have an experience that you're not allowed to share because it was real and it was real to you and other people go through that. 
Yeah. And that's like the whole purpose. It's like, I want to take the stigma away from that word and not make it scary and it's common. And, but yeah, it was, it was a, it pissed me off. I got really upset and I'm still processing, you know, I, I still don't know. Do I write this person a letter and say like, you know, I, I think this would help people or yeah. do I just like be pissed off and take it elsewhere? I haven't decided. So wait, I, I, I apologize, but I'm assuming you're okay talking a little bit about it. Oh yeah. But like, I don't even know, like, I don't even, I don't even know what a I know what a miscarriage is, but I don't know what an actual miscarriage is. Meaning, like, <laughs> like I know that I know that the this is going to sound so horrible. I don't even know if you're allowed because I this does seem like a taboo topic. Totally, because there are people right now that are getting triggered by this. I know. And, and by the way, that's a real thing. I know. There's someone going like, "Motherfucker, I just had a miscarriage two weeks ago." I know, but the world is full of triggers, and like we have to be. It's, that's right it's like as much as i say that i also know hey man there's things that that trigger me that i go like i'm afraid of heights i, I don't like uh i don't like um people getting hurt right yeah. like on television and tom loves it he loves watching people get physically disabled he loves watching that it's like oh his favorite God. thing in the world <laughs> he likes watching a guy get his dick cut open with a knife oh my god he, he, that's what he enjoys right yeah he enjoys that and so if you're gonna say we should cancel Tom Segura for the things he likes. I mean, that's the fucking because that's but that's the theory because I don't like it. Then we're gonna cancel Tom because he likes watching an Asian dude get kneecapped by a car in a garage. Like he loves that. It's like one of his favorite things he's ever seen. What did we watch the other day? And by the way, I don't like it. I don't like it. But we watched a guy get dragged off a mountain the other day, and we it was were like laughing. parachuting accidents. It, we were watching parachuting accidents, and we were laughing so hard. Now listen, there's people listening to this that have been parachuting accidents or have a like, friend or a relative that are like one. that's not fucking funny i don't know Change i was laughing <laughs> i was laughing yeah. so so trigger warning i want to i want to ask yeah. you about what a miscarriage is because it wasn't until like leanne was pregnant or we had a we had a couple friends that had a few miscarriages yeah and so like is there like a time is there like a a, a gestation period where it just hurts and then you go, oh, that was fucked up. No, not at all. I had no idea. Um, so for me, it happened around the three month mark, which I'm always so annoyed. I'm like, I was fucking three months pregnant for no reason. That's it's like Is that 13 weeks. Yeah. And so that's right. When you can tell people. Exactly. So it was right before that. And they you when you go in for like your checkup and they just tell you like it's not happening anymore. There's no heartbeat. It's not. We're done. Party's over. And it's very traumatic and it's very traumatizing because you've because 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 you because and i can speak to experience you have bonded with this thing you have dreams now set you're thinking and planning a little bit and yeah you start to and i was trying to because you know i i'm an actress in my 30s i've got dozens of friends who've gone through this it's so common and i try to be manage my expectations especially before that 13 week point Uh, but it no matter how much you prepare, it still was very traumatizing and very sad. And I actually thank God for Rosebud Baker. She had just posted about her miscarriage. I called her. She was so warm and helpful and just told me, I know it hurts now. It gets better. And she was right. I'm now completely like happy and almost grateful it happened because it set me up on this different path in life. And now I'm really thinking about that kind of future. And when we try again, and I just... 
I'm I've turned it into something that's been really positive. Um, you have to. You exactly. <laughs> you have to. I got all my teeth knocked out with a baseball bat. Not the same as a miscarriage, oh but when God. I was a kid, I got all my teeth knocked out with a baseball bat. It makes it what it did for me is it makes me very empathetic to anyone 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 with bad teeth, but anyone with a physically going through something, whether you have like a soft jaw or like a uh, or like a. a or like, or you're very overweight. It makes me very, I'm very sensitive to it because when you have bad teeth, um, it that's you hide your happiness. So like, oh. so yeah, yeah, it's so silly. Uh, I my both my daughters had have, but had horrific teeth because they inherited it from me, and I have bad teeth. I was born with bad teeth. I was born with no enamel on my teeth. With oh. no enamel on my teeth, whatever, whatever reason. That's so, kind of Florida thing. No, <laughs> probably. And so, and so, <laughs> probably. And so, uh, and then, and then to add on to that, on my eleventh birthday, I got hit in the mouth with a baseball bat. So I had bad teeth to begin with. They were very fragile. They were very uh, delicate. Um, and then I got hit in the mouth with a baseball bat. And they try to fix them, and I go through a period of time up until ninth grade is when the first step we made towards me getting better teeth meaning like i could i was i used to smile i used to laugh like this <laughs> and so i used to hide my laugh i would and i love laughing me too i love laughing more than anything but i would hide my laugh and i'd laugh with my hand i'd be like oh right i'd find a way to hide my smile and I realized in all of that, you watch other people hide parts of them. So there's a guy, I won't say his name, guy I went to high school with, and he would he would do like a fat guy tug. And I would watch I noticed that because I noticed little things that people did to hide their insecurity. There was a guy losing his hair, and I noticed that he always had his hand on his head. And and I was like, and just certain things always wear a hat, like just certain things where you go, where maybe other people are aren't hyper aware of it because you are doing covering your thing you see what everyone else is covering and it made me an empathetic person i'm a very empathetic person and both my daughters had fucked up jacked up teeth and now they are also extremely empathetic people and so but it, the, you got to turn it into a positive yeah and so i applaud you because i don't know if i would be able to turn that thank you i i it's just the main message is really it is so common and it is so normal and it doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. For us, it was just like, we know that they explained it to us. Like, it just was, there was a mistake. I talk about it in more detail in my standup, but like, it just was a mistake that, you know, the things got, there was too much. It was never going to work out. No. And it just, it is what it is. And we're going to try again and we're not stressed or scared or, you Here's know. Here's a weird question. Yeah. Do you have to like. We, I had to get an abortion after. Yeah. I had to get an abortion surgery and I was so Where they take the thing out. Yeah. I was so mad because it prevented me from flying home to see my family, my childhood best friend. I had this big trip planned, but I still went and I shouldn't have um, a day later, but <laughs> yeah, you have to get it. And it's, so you're just like, fuck you. Like I thought I was doing this, this cool, beautiful thing and I have to get a surgery. And then I was, and three days after the surgery, I had so much bleeding and like I was literally on, I was at my parents' house and I was on the basement floor and I was like, I think I might die. I'm in so much pain. And actually what happened was is after the surgery, 
the doctor gave me hydrocodone like as a just in case. Now, I have never tried a drug. I've never tasted alcohol. I've never tried weed. I finally first time I'm like, give it to me. I'm in so much pain. And I felt I was like so happy after I took it. I was like, oh, I, I love this. And then a few weeks later, I, I called two of my guy friends and I was like, I love that feeling. I, I want to do that again. They were like, no, 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 do not do no. opioids. Yeah, no. yeah. They're like, we think what you want is weed. And I was like, okay. And then I, I started trying, I started taking edibles and that's actually how I started getting super into weed now. I mean, I'm, I've chilled out on it a little, but I'm like, oh my God, I, now I'm like, experiencing new things and like being creative on an edible and it's so fun and that i'm like that oh, never so i never would have done that it's so fun <laughs> it's so fun well i mean now i'm fucking i'm on the opposite side right now i'm trying to find the fun in sobriety like i, I like it's I, there it's there uh, I it look is. At, like speaking of rosebud i look at her and andy sometimes like they're in uh mexico right now sorry if i'm talking about you guys in third person but i i really look at them and i'm sure that they think i must be crazy saying this like they got to their hotel and i was like huh but what are you gonna drink with dinner tonight like in my head that's where my brain went so i was like what are you guys gonna do just go sit in your room read books like that's how i look at sobriety because they're both sober they're both sober by the way I know. and so but what's crazy is uh i i'm doing this thing where i'm trying to drink less than i don't drink this year and i'm keeping a happiness journal i'm doing all these things so i'm finding joy in certain things i'm finding joy and gratitude mm-hmm. um talked ad nauseum about this but i don't think you can talk enough about it what i'm doing is i'm trying to find reward in maybe this is selfish getting people to be grateful that i'm alive whoa so like i'm trying to get a buzz off of make making people go i'm grateful for bert Cause like I, cause I, I, I did uh, my first day of like gratitude. I say I'll sit in the mornings, I'll have my coffee and I'll let the sun hit my face, and I will go through about what I'm grateful for. And I was grateful for so many fucking people, so many people. But then I was like, am I? And my thought was, I want to make, I want to make them grateful for me. That's because so it's cool. cool to be when you go like, my wife's a fucking badass. I need her in my life. Like I, if I didn't have her, I don't know what I'd do how do I make her grateful for me? And then, and then like, and then when you're cognizant of that, then you can take action. So like one of the things I do is I get, I get everyone their coffees for the morning. And so I get everyone their coffees, everyone their breakfast. I'll make breakfast sandwiches. If I don't get them at Starbucks, the girls don't really like the Starbucks breakfast sandwiches. They like the croissants. Isla has texture problems with the croissants, <laughs> but I get everyone their drinks. And then I get them in the, I put them in the fridge so that when they go to school, they can grab their coffee and their, fucking whatever isla drinks and and then hopefully at some point in the day they'll be like i thank god my dad is such a cool dude or whatever and so like the other day i'm sitting there and i'm and so when i'm when i feel the gratefulness i try to think of how do i make how do i repay it like how do i flip it back so the other day i'm driving to um driving to adr and i'm like i'm like my day is going smooth like I'm, I'm like, I'm on time. I was like, and after this, I'm done. I was like, wait, why is it going so smooth? And I was like, oh, fucking, of course. Leanne is taking care of all this. She's set it up. Leanne set up everything that I didn't have to do much other than work. She's taking care of everything else. I said, all right. And it was Valentine's Day. Like she got me up early. She took me out to breakfast. We went out to breakfast. We came back. We had sex. It was great. I'm in a great fucking mood. 
And I thought, I'm, I'm grateful for this chick. I'm really grateful for her. I was like, how do I pay it forward? So I got her flowers. And then I thought, I wonder if you can get someone to give her, because Leanne's not going to go ever sit. Leanne will never get in the car and go get a mani-pedi. Like, she's just not her. Maybe she will sometimes, but not often. And you're never going to get my whole, all my girls to go at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I bet it'll be a little bit more money. But what if I get someone to come over and do a mani-pedi for the girls here? And so I had some this woman come over and give them mani-pedis. And they were, they didn't tell me. I mean, they, I'm sure they said thank you at some point. They didn't say it like, no one pulled me aside like, hey, dad, thanks a lot. You really killed it today. It was Valentine's Day. I got everyone flowers, and then I did this. But I got like, uh, I just watched them be excited. And I was like, that's the reward you need is just, you know, maybe someone's never going to go, I'm grateful for you. But how the fuck do we, how do I do this? How do I do an interview where we're talking about you getting an abortion? And then I talk about. I love it. That how kidding? I, like, I flip it onto me this so is, no, crazy. This is the magic of of this format i love that and i'm totally by the way stealing this from you that i want to make a point to make other people so that i know that other people there's a chance i want to make them feel grateful for me and not and i i want to add value to people's lives who i cherish and i want to do it all the time and i want to hold myself accountable because that is low-key the most rewarding thing in life (laughs) yeah low-key so so have you have you messed around with alcohol at all no i still have never tried it and i don't think i will i yeah my my growing up neither sobriety that's what we're talking about that's how we got here yeah 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 Yeah. neither my parents ever drank uh so i just it was not a part of my culture and i that i had the other relatives on my mom's side of the family that did drink and we just all kind of would make fun of them a little you know just make fun of yeah literally make fun of it so that we could laugh and have fun and so i just never thought it would be for me but i wish i wish weed was more for me hmm. um by the way no judgments against alcohol like no 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 hell on, yeah by, I, by the way, I wouldn't hear them if there were I, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> i uh i i wish i was more i wish i was an edible dude i said this to my daughter the other night we're sitting in the kitchen and i was like I was like, I fucking wish I wanted weed. I wish I wanted it. Like, I do want it at certain times. Um, someone just had a great bit about this. Oh, fucking Ali Wong was talking about how hard it is that single people can just eat an edible whenever the fuck they want. Oh, yeah. And that, and it was a great bit. I don't mind going to do her bit, but you should watch her special. That. It's yeah, great. Dom Wong. Um, but I was like, I was like, yeah, like, I can't just smoke weed today because, and I would like to, but I can't because I have, uh i have a lot to do i have more meetings and then i have a flight that i'm getting on and i don't want to fuck around because my anxiety is always bad the day i fly and i haven't drank for like three days since the super bowl so i'm part of me is like oh i'm doing good but i know i'll drink tonight and no i'll drink on the fucking plane why are you trying to cut back like was is there just health okay cool that's that's, my whole thing is just health Uh, and i'm cutting back like this is crazy I think to myself, I want to not drink tonight so I can drink another night in my life. Like if you oh. if you cram them all into one period, then you don't get to spread them out until you're 80. Like I want to drink when I'm fucking 80. I want to get fucking hammered. That's so fun. Yeah. My, I'll tell you, my grandma sure is killing it at that. <laughs> <laughs> What's her drink? Do you know what her drink is? I think I do. I, I know it has ginger ale in it. And it it's gotta may, be vodka. No, I don't think it is just brandy go with ginger ale or i don't know i'm I'm sure it does i'm sure it does 
I don't know who the fuck drinks brandy. Huh. Yeah. Well, you know, old elderly people in Minnesota. I don't know. Wait, um, what's your what's your ethnic background? So my mom is Finnish American and my dad is Jewish. Um, so I'm like those things. <laughs> Almost finished. <laughs> <laughs> and my what in my la my first special, I I my favorite joke is I'm half Jewish, half regular. And that's like <laughs> I, I I just still love that. I can't stop um, saying it. Uh, Ali, I but not to go back to Ali Wong. Ali Wong had a great fucking joke that I don't think anyone in that room got. What it was? I don't want to ruin it because I want people to watch okay. her special. I'll tell you right now, but edit it out. It's such a great joke, and I was like, and it didn't get the laugh that it got from me in there. But uh, but yeah. So wait, what was the experience like with your Comedy Central special? Because it was so it's such a different special than I've ever seen before. Yeah, so we did that. Um, we Happy Madison produced it, and I think that gave us a little more leverage to be like, "Hey, we want to do this a little differently." And so, um, we we chose to to film it at a tiny venue at Dynasty Typewriter in L.A., very small theater. I've been there. Yeah, it's, is that the place? On, it's on the corner. Yeah, I've been there. It's great. Yeah, and because you know, save money, smaller venue, and we did four shows and. Um, I did something that most comedians don't do is I wore a different outfit for every show because I wanted to like be a girl and show off some outfits. Uh, And then we did like a documentary along with it and we did footage with my family. I we went flew home, spent time with my parents. I took them to New York. We did this scene where we everything was unscripted and not planned except one scene we planned, which was I was going to take I took my parents to a Comedy Central meeting like a boardroom with executives and i just set it up to be like oh i wanted to have the execs tell my parents what a good job i was doing because my parents do not think i do a good job and that was kind of going to be the whole bit right just like watch my parents like be proud of me and what ended up happening was so much better they couldn't stop laughing and like not clearly not believing it and started talking massive shit about me and start talking about how they when I my dad's name is Maury and how they when I was little they called me Rose Maury's baby and like they just started it was it's my favorite scene like they really? were they just roasted me and I'm like they are the stars of my stand-up special they really are it was a great way to get to know you it was a really great way Thank to get you. to know you because like I said, it's like I knew you, but I, I only knew you in passing. I think we had yeah. done the first time I met you, I want to say it was at a uh Death Squad Chronicles. Yes, Ice House Chronicles. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Ice House Chronicles. But I'm so bad. Obviously, I'm not the best listener. And I'm so bad with like meeting people. I get And those were always crowd so and same. Those were always crowded situations with all a bunch of crazy people. I wish they know. made people wear name tags at the store. i I think I'd hang out more if people had name tags on. Because I go and now I'm at a place where if I go and I don't know you, I come off like a dick because I because I have clearly met you. <laughs> and so like I'm it's like I just feel like such a fucking asshole. People understand. I should go to the store tonight before my spot. I should go to the store tonight. What time is my car picking me up? I wonder if I can get up. What time is the OR start? Nine. Nine. Right? Yeah. yeah. I wonder if I can get on at eight. Do you think there's a show in the main room? It's Wednesday. The main room show starts at 8.30, I think. My car picks me up at 9.30. To go to the store? No, to go to the... Oh, airport. 
Uh, the problem with the problem with touring these days is that you, if you tour enough and you have a family and you're trying to juggle both, you really don't have time, especially with adult kids. Yeah, they're not adult, but you know where they're they don't get home until seven. So if you're gonna spend time with them, it's gonna be seven till like we were getting pedicures up until eleven o'clock at night, and I'm like fucking falling asleep, just like this. Isla said to the lady, "Oh, so fucking funny." She goes, "Do you get more confidence in your feet?" considering you look at a bunch of people's feet and the lady was like excuse me and i was like isla isla has such a weird brain her her she got she was really excited she just kept talking to this woman and this woman had it was late That's this woman's so like i was like i was like this can you tell if i'm holding your hand i'm holding your hand oh my can, god that's so can you tell cute if I'm holding your how hand? old is she fucking 15 that is She's adorable fucking, yeah. The lady's, you know, doing her nails, and she goes, Isla goes, can you tell if I'm holding your hand? And then she'd push her thumb in, she goes, I'm holding your hand. She's a fucking weirdo. I, I wanted to record it all and put it on whatchamacallit, but I'm, I'm hyper aware of uh, of putting my daughters on Instagram these days because of fucking creeps. Yeah. Fucking creeps. Like, I don't, I, and then my daughters have asked repeatedly, not never to be tagged in anything. Whoa. Did you do, do you deal with that at all? um with my parents no no or? no with you on instagram with creeps oh yeah i mean i think everybody every, every every person not even just every woman i think everyone deals with that um but yeah i've totally had my fair share of like crazy stuff it's not exciting <laughs> uh. it's not gonna stop and it's not exciting so tell me about the podcast with uh the bloodbath yes so we had to change. i wanted to I wanted, I wanted to do that yeah i know we're gonna I still have want to you. do it i still want to do it we're gonna we're definitely you're gonna none of you guys drink though oh that's true yeah i want to go on and get fucking lit <laughs> wait why did you have to change the name um we were Someone else had that name, and we they we didn't know, and they tried to sue us. So and so now are you we, serious? Yeah, it was so lame. Let's find out who the bloodbath girls are. Oh, we should leave them alone. Uh, they've been through enough, but we uh, yeah. So now, <laughs> what are they? Are they like the legit? Now it's called Trash Tuesday, but yeah, it's me, Annie Letterman, and Kalila, who is Bobby Lee's girlfriend. Wait, when did you start your when did you guys start your podcast we started that just a year ago so we've been doing it for a year okay and they it, started theirs in 2020 huh yeah so i'm guessing the other bloodbath girls are yeah so crazy it's such a bizarre parallel thought it's well to me it's like it's not really an or even an original it's like no. i would think there could be hundreds of things with that name and no one would care because it's just a are they word. the true po crime podcast they're a true crime podcast yeah uh, i mean I, I guess it's a bloodbath out there that's yeah uh but ooh. for us you know that we were proud of that title because it meant like we're gonna be the girls who make fun of each other like guys do and yeah. we're gonna tackle comp com um stories and things that we don't agree on because annie and i are very different people yeah. i mean very different and we always disagree so wait did you guys did you guys hold on i'm assuming you guys must have talked about this on your podcast we did okay why what's going on because their comments are less than favorable <laughs> and it's and it's and it's uh and it's and it's people it's podcast fans i can tell this podcast fans because of the way they're talking about this yeah they yeah so yeah, I can see why we don't want to uh, we don't want to send anymore because it's it's a fucking 
we're talking about being the person you want to be. Exactly. And then here I am going, is it these girls? Is it these <laughs> girls? We're only human. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, it's like, we'll just move on. Trash Tuesday is cute. We're sticking with it for now. Well, the, um, didn't, didn't, um, didn't that happen to, uh, Jeremiah and, uh, oh yeah. Jeremiah and Bobby. Yeah, yeah. 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 They were going to be, uh, good friends. Good friends. And I, and they were like, I don't know if someone was like, no, you're definitely not going to be good friends. <laughs> and it is kind of crazy because it does, it's funny. It made sense. Yeah. Right. But I do understand it's, it's interesting in this business, the little things that do borrow and help you get the edge over because mm -hmm. it, it would, people would go, Oh, this is a companion podcast. Yeah. When, it, when you're not getting any, any, there's no, there's no companionness in it. Right. And you, maybe that they didn't want to be associated with, I mean, who I really don't know, but. Or, or God forbid, no, it's even just God forbid the good friend says something horrifically racist and gets taken down and then bad friends gets destroyed by association. Yeah. Even though there is an association. They're somewhat. brothers. Yeah, yeah. They're brothers, but yeah, that's <laughs> fucking interesting. Yeah. But yeah, we, I, I have to say doing that podcast has changed my life for the better in such a way, like the freedom, the, um, the confidence, like I just, and we really always talk about, we credit like the boys and comedy. It's like, you guys invented this and like set uh, the tone. I, def I definitely was not, I didn't invent <laughs> shit. I definitely, oh, I know, I know for a fact that even what I did when this whole thing started, isn't what I do today. <laughs> like when, when this, like there, I'm so far removed from like the guy who first went on Rogan the first time was like, fuck this guy fuck that guy fuck him he can suck my dick did i ever tell you about this story let me tell you about this story i'm fucking wasted man <laughs> and that, is that eddie bravo or that's something? me oh that's you that's oh i was i thought that you was me <laughs> no i fucking and then now i feel like i go on no, i don't even know what the fuck i do today the other day did you see the clip that david spade said to tom about what what me and tom do he goes it's, he goes it's pretty interesting uh you guys don't try at all <laughs> and he goes you guys are like two kids that are like hey let's go for a walk and see if we'll find a million dollars and then you found a million dollars you're like that's crazy we found a million dollars and you're like yeah that is kind of crazy we don't try at all like we don't we never put any thought into what two bears one cave would be ever i mean we used to like like it's kind of bizarre like what kind of pre-production goes into the show before you do it you know kalila is kind of the ringleader at that she comes in with some good topics how many and... people does she have on her back uh, i know <laughs> jesus christ she's incredible she's got her niece she's got bobby, bobby. she's got you guys i mean exactly. that fucking woman that fucking woman that's how annie and i knew that she could handle us was we're like she lives with bobby lee we can we can just get her we can do whatever we want to her <laughs> god what a, how i can't imagine i can't imagine living with bobby is the same way like people probably can't imagine living with me <laughs> like i i'm a lot right but bobby and i are both a lot he is, he had, but we're kindred spirits in that we love getting naked. <laughs> I've loved, I love, I hate clothes. Today, do you know what I did today, Halston? I walked in, Leanne has people come by once a week to clean the podcast studio because it's fucking mess in here. She has once a week people come in and clean it. 
Oh, it's no. a, and it's like a fucking posse. It's like yeah, it's like five chicks. They do this house, then they go in do our other do our other house. And I walked in out of the polar plunge completely naked, and thank God walked in, opened the doors, and she was the woman was vacuuming in the gym, and her back was to me, and I was like, <sighs> uh, and I can't tell if it's malnutrition or if she's young, but she's like fucking three seven, so she's tiny, so I don't know if she's a child. Or if she's just a malnutritioned adult. <laughs> I wonder if people say that about me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how old are you? 30? I'm 33, but I'm five foot almost one. Five foot one? Yeah. That is kind of tiny. Yeah. When did you have your growth spurt? I don't think I ever did. But when when did you do? Did you do all your growing at once? I just know that I was always shorter than everyone else. There was never. That's all I know. Really? I was always the small one. Yeah. What's it feel like to be the small one? Uh really embarrassing when you're little and then when you're older it's like oh okay this is good guys will never be insecure that i'm taller than them i'll just i'll just take that win did you write the girl who looks like a child have you seen this 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 new show on tlc it's a she's 22 years old but she's stuck in the body of an eight-year-old why do i want that that sounds fun really it's really great and she like she dates and she whoa <laughs> it's like wild they set her up on blind dates she's like i only do blind dates because you know i don't want to attract pedophiles and it's- you mean dates with blind people right <laughs> <laughs> because anyone that anyone that fucks her That's is technically it, fucking a child it's weird whoa That's why it's weird i mean you're not fucking a child but you have to be into the look yeah. i mean that's what it's kind of a double-edged sword you got to be into the look of a child yeah, people that are attracted to her and want to date her are like, you got to be into the look of a gussied up wine drinking, oh my cigarette God. smoking child, like a fucking very confident, maybe the pitcher for the Bad News Bears, like Tatum O'Neill. She could be like pedophile Batman or something. That oh my gosh, I know because I, I have always like when I I was a little heavier and I always looked like a little kid and. Um, people are Annie always makes a joke like what's Dave really into what you know that's my fiance yeah. she always like roast him because why is he into me I I looked I look very young when I shave my beard I look very young like like I look like a child <laughs> and I do and it's, it's our cheeks yeah, oh I have very cherubic <laughs> cheeks and uh and it's funny because I the I haven't shaved my beard in forever I shaved it when time did that weight loss challenge with Tom I had to shave my beard and it was very bizarre seeing my face. I, I look young as fuck. Like, I mean, Leanne sees me. She's like, oh, my God. You're like a, you're like a child. And because Leanne's fucking a grown up. Like, Leanne's 52. And all of a sudden, I just looked like I was in my. Th- I mean, I looked. Pull me up with my beard. Without my beard. Like, I look very like. Whoa. Hey, my teeth are huge. Oh, my, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's fucking fat bird. <laughs> And by the way, that's not even fat. Like I was skinny then. Like that, those are like, I was skinny then. But I think with a beard, I look like a man. And now that it's getting gray, I look like a god damn it. When was that? I was just, I was gonna say. And I remember going into hair and makeup, and they were trying to make me look like an old person. And so what they do when they make you look like an old person is they do this, and they put like glue on your face, and then the glue kind of dries, and your face looks like that it looks how how they make crow's eyes oh i didn't know that's how they do it yeah yeah yeah. well not i mean obviously some people do straight up prosthetics but that's like a quick cheat way and the woman was like i can't get crow's eyes on you that's crazy really and i was like oh yeah i'll never age 
and now i'm like oh i forgot about sunspots because i'm just my face is destroyed from florida oh well also la i have sunspots too from being out here i'm like i would love to get rid of those you i think maybe retinol helps no well, sammy sosa did it he got rid of his all blackness oh god like, that's way, a whole other conversation you no know, like sammy sosa is like looks like white type in sammy so if you know who sammy sosa is yeah i think he was a cubs player yeah yeah, yeah he was yeah. a cubs player from chicago look at how white he is now see him on the right whoa uh, he's that's him both of them are him yeah both of them are him wow isn't that crazy that I, I don't even know what to think or make of that oh my god look at him in the pink so i could do that to myself i wonder sometimes you're fair skinned right yes did you ever want to be darker skinned um i always wanted to be tan because i feel like that was the like standard of beauty it was. was like to have a beautiful tan and beautiful blonde hair um and i just knew that that was never going to be me and i just kind of isn't it crazy that that back in the day porcelain skin was the the attractive thing yeah and tan was like like it goes there's there's cultures um like asian culture you do not want to be a dark asian person i mean i think that's gone now yeah but that was back in the day is like that's why you'd see those old ladies that had like the sun visor the gloves on and all the things on at the beach and i, I forget who told me this i want to say it might have been steve Byrne. someone told someone asian told me this or like Oh yeah, my mom would say, "Don't don't you get on the sun? You're gonna look like you're gonna look like you're uneducated or something." And I, maybe it was my friend Sandy. And then, but now that's gone, right? That's totally gone. Maybe not totally gone. I'm sure there's places in Asia where they don't want to look. Well, last night Asif Ali was doing the funniest set I've ever seen and talking about how, like, in Indian families, the lightest child is like the all the grandparents are like that's their favorite really and he was making it so funny and i was like this is so but it's so fucked up yeah oh it's so fucked up and growing up in florida you did not want to be fair-skinned you wanted to be tan that was like that was the that was the litmus for like if you were tan you were you were good looking no one we didn't have one friend that was like pale that was like oh yeah and then you did get the pale girl you're like oh fuck don't bring her to the beach <laughs> and it's funny i married a pale person good. leanne does not tan good i'm but happy she's destroyed her skin trying to be tan her whole life Ugh. yeah she's got like she like has burn marks on her stomach and oh yeah of her fucking leanne skin damages like if because it's funny i complain about like i have a sunspot right here that it's, i started getting when i worked the travel channel and then I was out in the sun for like nine years. And so it just got worse and worse and worse. And uh, and I complained about it. And Leanne's like, are you being fucking serious? Oh. But it's funny. I find an attractiveness in like fairer skin now. Oh, interesting. And my daughters never lay out in the sun. Yeah, I tried to avoid it because I my mom had skin cancer growing yeah. up. She's, she's fine. But, you know, that made me a little more conscientious of like try to avoid it. But yeah, oh, in high school, all the girls went to the tanning beds and... I, yeah, that's it is it is what it is. What were you like in high school? Were you like a cool kid? I feel like I was uh, a little. I, I was really dedicated to dance and theater, so I was kind of like friendly with everybody, but really focused on like on those extracurriculars and took them really seriously and got so much joy and passion out of them. Really? Yeah, but I did my freshman year of high school. 
I was I was a viquette, so I did like the pom poms thing, and we I was at a football game, and I met these two girls there, and we, we were like it was right when freshman year starts, you know, when everything is so exciting. And we're like, let's have a sleepover tonight. And I had just met these girls and I call my parents. I'm like, I'm sleeping at this girl's house. And they're like, we don't care, whatever. We trust you. And we, I can't, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but we like made basically, we videotaped ourselves making out and like taking our shirts off. We were like, we're going to make like a little like high school sex tape, super illegal, super psychotic. But basically what happened was people found out about it. There was like all these rumors about us. So we like that that was like the start to my high school experience was like, that's the girl in the lesbian sex tape. And I just kind of like kept my head down and was like, I'm just going to focus on myself these next four years. and like, do Are you I-. serious? Yeah. It was, that's got to be traumatizing. It was a little, I th- I think it was somewhat traumatizing and I somewhat enjoyed it a little, I, you know. Because, well, well, hold on. Immediately you become wanted by every boy. I don't know. <laughs> really? I I think the other two girls were prettier than they were a little prettier than me. Maybe they were the favorites, but um, but it was. Wait, it, did you get the rap that you were the one that must have started it? No, I don't know if I did. I think it was just like those girls are weird. What's their deal? Because I I don't know. I was embarrassed that I kissed a girl. It was like embarrassing, like because. At that time, it was like scary and embarrassing to be gay. And so yeah. I I had a lot of shame around it. And um, but I also sort of enjoyed like the controversy of it and the attention of it. Um, and it, I think it I think it did make me feel confident in a way of like really of like, oh, well, everyone's talking about that and I'm still here. So I'm just going to go to dance class after school. And were there was. I'm. <laughs> how did the, how did the, how did the sex tape start? Um, one of the girls. They, these were I was there. Do you of, follow them on Instagram? No, uh, one of them I do. Uh, but wait, wait. <laughs> I, Man, I just want to see what she looks like now. I want to see what she looks like now. Okay. Let me see. But they, you know, they're very cute blonde girls, and one of them said, "Let me see if I can find her." But one of them said, like, one of them pulled out a camera. And said, why don't you guys make out? And then we did. And that was, let me see if I can find it. I don't have service in here. Uh, the. But picture two, <laughs> this is inappropriate. <laughs> did you find a, was that you? You found another sex tape of yourself from high school or something? Yes. Later on in life? Yes. I. Wait, made, what? It's so I can't believe who what am I? <laughs> I um a friend of mine sent me some footage for a senior project that we were making. He sent it to me like last year and I was watching cutting through it and there was a clip of it of me having sex with my high school boyfriend and it was so disgusting and very disturbing. Wait, wait. Hold on one second. This has all been erased. It doesn't exist anymore. For real? Yes. So wait. So it's wait. illegal. It's illegal to have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you're a child. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's illegal for me to even be asking about <laughs> how a bunch of children hooked up. That's fucking crazy. Because I, oh, my God. I love us right now. We're just two weird comedians. <laughs> so that's so crazy. <laughs> Oh, that's fucking insane. So wait, someone just said that and then you just got it and you're like, oh, that's me fucking. As a kid. Yeah. So, so creepy. I, 
I was like, my body looks good, but so creepy. <laughs> I wish. I'm so glad I didn't have. Uh, by the way, my um, any of my high school sex would have made great vines. Wait, what? <laughs> Vine was only six seconds long. <laughs> it was a little. I could have. I could have. I could still. All my college ones would have made great Instagram stories. Uh, 15 seconds. Yeah, 15 seconds. And right now, I'm like a solid Instagram post. <laughs> oh my God. It's so crazy. So, that, so did your parents ever find out about the three? Yeah, they're, my parents are super chill. Like, they, they, they're like, whatever. Wait. I mean, in high school, my dad sat both me and my sister down and was like, well, You have a sister? I have an older oh, half sister right. yeah, yeah, from yeah, Alma's yeah. first marriage. And he was like, I would like you both to consider lesbianism. Just for real? Yes. All right, just find the girl. I just want to see what she looks like. Oh my God. That's your that's your followers. Okay. I love when you hear a story about someone's high school girlfriend and then you see them or high school friend or whatever, and then you see them, but they're also Oh just damn, grown-ups. her account is private. But oh, this is fuck. her. I'll screenshot or I'll I'll send you some screenshots of her. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals of 2022, then why are you still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless? Switch to Mint Mobile. It is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless services online only, Mint Mobile lets you maximize your savings with plans starting at just $15 a month. I'm telling you, man, when you think about a plan starting at just $15 a month, that gives you so much extra more money to spend on libations. That's where I put my money, right? What's libations? Cocktails. <laughs> <laughs> For people looking to save extra this year, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless at just 15 bucks a month. By going online only, you eliminate the traditional cost of retail. Mint Mobile passes those significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. With Mint Mobile, choose the amount of monthly data that you that's right for you and stop paying for that data that you never knew use. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash birdcast. That's mintmobile.com slash BurtCast. Cut your wireless bill to just 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash BurtCast. This podcast is brought to you by Black Buffalo. My best friend, Tom Segura, just started smoking again. And I thought, that's so funny. I used to chew tobacco. It's crazy. I was always got my tobacco from one place. Well, now there's a tobacco alternative. It's called Black Buffalo. Uh, if you're 21 and over and you dip or chew tobacco, pouches or long cut, you have to try this tobacco alternative back, Black Buffalo. What makes it unique? Black Buffalo is everything you love about dipping, including pharmaceutical-grade nicotine, just without the actual tobacco leaf or stem. It is made, it is literally dip made from edible green leaves and food-grade ingredients with the same flavor, texture, aroma, pack, and nicotine as the traditional packed tobacco products. No compromise required. All the flavors you know and love. Uh, orange, mint, straight, peach, even blood orange, blood orange, wintergreen. Wintergreen's the smell that breaks my heart. They sell their products at blackbuffalo.com, and it's available both in long cut and in pouches. Plus, if you're looking to ditch nicotine and tobacco, tap into their nicotine-free option called Zero. Uh, if you're forgetful, they also have some subscription options, so they can be delivered to your house 
So you can never, you can set it and just forget it. Born in the USA, in the Midwest, raised in the South, Black Buffalo proudly manufactures their products here in the U.S. Their story, the founders were looking for high and low for tobacco alternatives across the U.S., even overseas, but nothing delivered the same satisfaction or high quality they were looking for, so they decided to make their own. Don't take my word for it. They were the 2021 Best New Product winner at CSP Awards and CS Store Decisions Hot New Product Awards for 2021. Uh, We took it on the tour bus with us, and Pete, who is a longtime uh, enjoyer of tobacco, fell in love with it. And then one night we all just got into it and it was a, it was a blast. Great conversations. It's 2022. Are you still dipping traditional or those white portion things? If so, and you're 21, it's time to get with Black Buffalo. It's everything you love about dipping just without the actual tobacco leaf or stem. Head to blackbuffalo.com and use the promo code BIRDCAST at checkout for 25% off your first order. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code BIRDCAST. For 25% off your first order one last time, that promo code is BIRDCAST for 25% off your order. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Oh my gosh, it's like all babies and dogs and stuff. But that's here. So that's her and her sister. If you want to okay. scroll. She just looks like a regular person. Yeah. She's not like, she's pretty. Yeah. She's grown up now. Yeah, thankfully. Oh, here's some pictures from her from high school. Is she is she still dating chicks? Uh no, I don't think so. Um it's interesting what people what normal people put on their Instagram. Yeah, what what like babies like a, and a dogs. Picture of her dog and hey, this is me and some of my friends hanging out. And then two years go by and they're like, <laughs> they're like my dog's dead. Here's my new dog. <laughs> and then they're like another year goes by and then they have like a one of like clearly they got into instagram and they're like just found this photo oh here's my dog I'm, you know i'm not gonna i was like i'm going through telling by the way no one can find her, her account's no private. no one will find her and she's um, lovely she's lovely they're I'll all lovely request no <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and then she'd be like that's so crazy <laughs> i wish i could find there's a lot of people i wish i could find on instagram yeah me too um from my like, like from life. your life yeah where you're like but you but you've always lived a life in social media yeah but not everybody sticks with it you know yeah. i think we do because it's our i view it as our job and also it's fun but um but yeah a lot of people have fallen off and i'm like i wish i knew what they were up to because i love all these people that i've like shared times of my life with yeah it would be cool to keep up facebook was good at that but then now facebook has kind of fallen off so i i don't you know when they they allowed you i don't even know what facebook does now i really have not been on it i haven't been on it in so long i'll go into the messages every now on facebook mm. messenger is that what it's called yeah I i'll can't. go into that every now and then but it's always people just asking for tickets it's very seldomly uh hey i don't i don't post anything on facebook so why would anyone say hey your family looks great or whatever right instagram's i can't do instagram messages uh, it's just too overwhelming. So, like, Same. I do the ones that I follow. You can, you know, message me. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking. I, I, oh, uh, all of that kind of just overwhelms me. And Twitter, I Twitter's just a. We talked about this, the, <laughs> I, you know. But I don't know what. What's the? 
What's the... I'm like falling off this chair. Yeah, you got to scoot the fucking backpack. <laughs> it sucks because they're great chairs. Oh, I love but it. If, but if you... Um, I need, we need to Velcro them down. Where are you going, Halston? Oh, oh. Are you going to bring me a seatbelt? Strap me <laughs> in. So, um, so what, what, what is your, like, what is your five-year goal in this business? Um, I, I love being in comedy and I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. And so like if they said, if they said to you, I'm going to give you five, a five prong approach, five prong approach. You can pick one or the other, okay? You can just do stand-up. That's it. Just do stand-up. You can just do your podcast. All they're going to earn you the same amount of money. Just do your podcast. Just do your podcast, right? And you're going to get a million dollars a year for the rest of your life. Let's just say that's a nice it's a nice salary to get for the rest of your life where you're like, I don't have to worry about anything. $70 million, whatever. I don't know. Maybe not 70, but like, <laughs> you know, $20 million, $80 million. Uh, you can do movies. You can be a movie star. Movie star, like... You can get a million dollars doing movies, uh, doing, you're going to act, you're going to be, or uh, television, just sitcoms, oh, television. Gosh, what this would you pick? This is so hard. I love them all so much. And I think a fulfilled life, you have to have different. You got to do all of them but, in a fulfilled life. Or a million dollars and but, you have a family of seven. Oh, uh, Like a million dollars a year and you're just a mom. Just a mom. Take the drop off, take the pick up. You know, hang out with other moms. I think it's the answer is actually so easy. I'm shocked, but it would be podcasting. Yeah. I love showing up to work with Annie and Kalila because I think they're so cool and mm. smart and funny. And I can't believe that my job is to go hang out with two women who I like look up to and think are cool. And so it would 100% be podcasting. It is, uh, it is such an easy choice. Like if you looked at all the all the jobs we have, without a fucking doubt, podcasting is the like my favorite one. In in that I love hanging out with people and talking. I love that I can have a drink on the podcast if I want. I love that if I could light a joint, I can light a joint. I love that one of my podcasts is hanging out with my best friend and just making each other laugh. And it's so great. It's so great. Yeah. It's it's a. It's almost a no-brainer and, and you look at like people who you know certain people have just gone like i'm just gonna focus on my podcast i don't care about stand-up anymore and you're like oh, that makes sense I, I can't fault anyone who does that totally and i also am such a consumer of podcasts so that oh makes it even God. better i mean i listen to podcasts all day long like so i feel like i get it and i get why people love it and that makes me better at it or something i don't know that's oh no i i'm upset i love podcasts i right now i mean i have you ever gotten the feeling when you go, ooh, I can't wait to go to bed. I have a podcast to listen to to go to bed. Yes. And you go like, oh, for me, it was last night and it was Dan Carlin's. Dan Carlin does a history, hardcore history. Mm -hmm. And it was an abridged. Normally, they're like fucking four hours long, eight hours long. And he just covers Genghis Khan for like fucking 12 hours. And it's like, Here's part one, part two, or he'll do World War Two in like a five part series or the 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 I mean, they're fucking awesome. They're all Martin Luther in like a four part series and they're awesome. The And it's funny because sometimes those can overwhelm people. The one I got on to last night was um, the USS Indianapolis and it was just 40, 49 minutes, 59 minutes 
and it was talking about the sinking of the Indianapolis. Do you know anything about it? I know nothing. I know the Titanic and Jack and Rose, but that's all I know. Indianapolis in 1943. I'm thinking. Type in the U.S. as Indianapolis. So you love history. I love. It's because when you get old and you're white, <laughs> you just love history. Because it's all people that were like you that. It's, it's, I mean, that's all they talked about in history. It was just old white dudes. Yeah. There's very few. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure there's old black dudes who love history, but it's. I mean, it's not as fun for them, I guess. <laughs> Oh no. It's a joke. Hold on one second. Hold on. That's a joke. There's what is the joke there? Because it's like it that's kind of like Louis C.K.'s uh time travel jokes. You ever hear that? No. He was talking to I think he was talking to Chris Rock. He was like, I was talking to my black friend. And he was like, if you could travel back in time anywhere would it be, where would it be? And Louis C.K.'s like, Whoa, that's a tough one. And then he looks at his Chris Rock, I'm fucking his joke up. He goes, But not for you. You got like 20 years you can do, and then anything back before that's fucking shit show. Oh my gosh. So, uh, but what's the joke there? Because old white guys get into history hard as fuck. I'm noticing that. Like, we just had Chris Stefano on our show, and he's a big history guy. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. I don't. Him mean... and Giannis are both big history guys. I think Giannis was like a history major. Wow. But like, white guys, old white guys, 1940. Oh, it's about a shark attack? Oh, oh, I'm interested. It did not happen in 1931. It launched in 1931. It sank in 1945. Yeah, 19, I was about to say. Uh, so I would. I want to know this. So the Indianapolis. So I'll give you my hardcore history breakdown on the USS Indianapolis. So the Halston, fact check this. Pull up their Wikipedia page. So they go out. And they're kind of on it's like a secret mission. By the way, this is shows you just how bad my retention of information is. They go out on what what is known as a secret mission. No one really knows that they're out there, but they're go, they're on a secret mission. And they knew there were submarines in the area. And what they should have done when you knew there were submarines was driving zigzags. But instead, the colonel who ended up getting court-martialed and killed himself because of this all of this event, he went straight. They get hit by a torpedo. Uh, first thing they do is lock. I think how many men were on the ship? I know nine hundred went into the ocean. Nine hundred men went into the ocean. I think three hundred were pulled out. Sharks, and 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 injuries, and sharks were taking them one by one. When the plane flew over and discovered these guys, all he saw were sharks all around them. <gasps> yeah, and so eleven, only twelve hundred people were on the boat. In. 300 went down with the ship and then 900 went into the ocean and of that 900 i think 300 only 316 survived yeah yep. survived so why did this so what happened is when the ship got hit they locked a bunch of the lower capsules thinking that would save the ship but it just killed 300 men instantly a ship goes down and when a ship goes down it starts dragging people with it anything yeah. that goes down with it so there were stories of guys getting pulled down and their ears were popping, their nose were popping. And then the air bubbles from the ship would grab them, take them up to the top and launch them three feet in the air out of the ocean and back down. There was a huge thing of oil in the ocean. So people were coming up and there's oil in their mouths and they're like afraid they're going to catch on fire. They're swimming away from it. Some people were in lifeboats, but they didn't have enough lifeboats and they didn't have enough life preservers. And the life preservers weren't meant to keep you 
in the ocean for two hours. So they started getting waterlogged and sinking. Guys lost their minds and would just dive down and just start. There's like they'd be like, "There's fresh water below," and they would dive deep and take start drinking salt water. Dudes lost their minds. Dude, why? Dudes would just would swim they- out and go, "Fuck it, I'm done," and they'd swim out to get attacked by a shark. Sharks were fucking ravaging these dudes. Oh my god! And the why did this colonel go do the wrong thing? Well. He was unaware that there were torpedo that there were submarines in the area, that which he should have been told. I guess is what they're saying. By the way, anyone that lived this tragedy is is past. I think everyone is past. So I don't think we're going to get any complaints about this. <laughs> no, but, there's um, three. There's three left. I saw. There's three left. There's three wow. left. Well, I apologize yeah. if you're listening to the Burtcast. I got shows in Roanoke. <laughs> um, we're educating you're educating me about this but but what's crazy about this is so the he was court-martialed he was court-martialed because if i'm not mistaken he he believed his father had chastised the guy who court-martialed him his father was a big guy in the army and he had chastised the guy who went after him no one had ever been chastised no 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 one had ever been court-martialed for the sinking of a ship okay it is it's like it's and and he arguably or inarguably he got he got uh reinstated someone uh pulled his court martial out after he was dead posthumously but he killed himself and he was like 72 because he would get every christmas he would get christmas cards from the families of the sailors who he killed and they would be like merry christmas motherfucker we don't have our son because you're a piece of shit I hope you have a great Christmas. And he get them every fucking year. What was his name? How did he even make it to age seventy two? I, I, I when you said he committed suicide, well, I, I think he was older. I think he was older when this happened. He okay. Was hey, uh, is that, that Raymond Spruce? What's his name? No, it's not him. No. He commanded the guy that commanded it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not him. Because this reminds me of that. I think it was a ferry boat or something with full of students. Yeah. And they the teacher told all the students to stay put and they all died because the teacher told and then the teacher hung himself like the day after. Yeah, you have to. You uh, have to. You kind of have to. You have to. It's known as the biggest loss of life in Navy <gasps> history. Yeah. Holy shit. Or from a uh, the greatest single loss of life at sea from a single ship in the history of the US Navy. Um what was the captain's name? It wasn't Spruce. Uh, you got right, what you're looking at. So they're telling you, uh, go to the McVeigh. It was McVeigh, Captain oh. McVeigh. It was McVeigh. The reason I remember that is there's only like two McVeighs in history. Timothy Mc- McVeigh. Yeah, and him. It's like not a good name. <laughs> not to have. great. <laughs> um, but he killed himself. How old was he when he killed himself? 1968. 1968. He was like in his 70s. So you figure yeah, he must have been like 40, 40 or 50 uh when this happened 40 that's all he was born 1898 yeah he was probably in his 50s so he uh he shot himself in the the head i but i i'm obsessed with the amount of struggle the human spirit can go through and get on the other side one of the things dan carlin says in this is imagine if they implanted all the memories that these guys who survived had 
into your head for just a minute, you'd you'd be overwhelmed. You'd be like, "What the fuck?" Like, yeah. And then imagine having to live with that for the rest of your life. Imagine those are your dreams you have. Is that you're back in the ocean? Imagine that those dreams re- reoccur. And, and so I just and then imagine like, have you ever had? Have you ever had bad? Do you dream? Yeah. Do you have you ever had nightmares that made you not want to go to sleep the next night? No. I have. I've woken up crying, but I haven't. I've woken up crying, uh, sadness, like sadness crying. Yeah. Like a real dream. But I've had dreams. I had a dream when I was 10 that got me afraid to go to sleep. Holy shit. Yeah. And I've had it. And it's happened. It's happened again as an adult. And 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 if I have something going, like when I drop off the stratosphere, I couldn't sleep that night because every dream was about me falling falling off uh, the building. And I was and I'd roll off the bed. I was rolling off the bed. Oh, oh. And so Wait, I would did you actually, really fall off the bed? Yeah, I would roll off the bed. And so I would find myself, I would find myself at times holding on to the bed. And it was like, fuck, it was terrifying. I've, I'm a very active dreamer, though. Clearly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But <laughs> imagine, moving. imagine having a life experience where in your dreams, that shit shows up and you get to relive. And so I'm just fascinated by the amount of things a human can go through and and in this story in this i can't stop thinking about this and by the way everyone should go listen to this hardcore history it's not I good i want to this sounds it, really interesting i'll tell you something that's gonna fuck your head up what he tells a story what? of a guy who got caught in quicksand in world war ii what right have you ever seen anyone get caught in quicksand it's very real real quicksand is very real very real and almost unsavable so like there's i watched a news reporter one time get caught in quicksand what? in england and he was like all right we're out here i'm gonna show you what it's like to get caught in the quicksand now luckily i got a whole team of people around me who can get me out not everyone's gonna be this lucky but i want you to see what actually happens when you get caught in quicksand so here we go. And so he stands and he starts going. He goes up to his knees. He goes, all right, right now is deep enough. I'm going to, I'm at my knees. And, uh, and I got to be honest with you. I can't move at all. I can't move at all. I can't move my feet. I can't move anything. So I'm going to have them. Uh, we're going to start to get me out. And they can't get him out. And he keeps sinking. And he, and you see no. legit panic in this news reporter's eyes. And he's like, all right, all right, here we go. Oh, okay, they and they bring in air and they try to pump air into his legs, and it's and and they try to get him out and they can't get him out and he starts fucking losing his mind. And the story Dan Carlin tells is a guy who in World War II was caught up to his waist in quicksand, and he was like, and they couldn't get him out and they tried everything to get him out. And then this one guy that told the story came back the next day and he was up to his neck. And he had lost his mind. And he was like, fucking shoot me. Fucking shoot me. Kill me now. Like, imagine being up to your neck and not being able to move oh anything. God. Right? And then here's the thing that's obsessed. To me, I'm obsessed with. Imagine implanting, implanting that memory. Like, I, I have, I've, had, I've had somewhat adversity in my life. But not that bad. No. <laughs> What ended up happening? He died. Shut up. Yeah, he died. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, this Dan Carlin's Dan Carlin's a fuck, one of the best. You gotta listen to him. He's it's like he's mesmerizing. 
He's mesmerizing when he tells stories. But he tells all these stories about the USS Indianapolis and then says, you know, these great books you want to think. So then next thing you know, I'm like, fuck, I want to find more out. Call my dad. My dad's read two books on the Indianapolis. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, the horrors of the World War II were fucking next level. I do not have that in me. Uh, did your dad ever go to war? No, uh, but his dad, I think, was in World War II, but no. My dad, my great-grandfather was in World War II, stormed the beaches of Normandy. Maybe it was Normandy or Omaha, but one, one, he stormed the beaches of Normandy or Omaha, whatever. One of, that, one of the most, and then fought in the trenches, not trenches, uh, fought throughout Europe, and it was just a fucking shit show. And then, and then of course, died at fucking 49 from a stroke because he just drank himself to death. Ugh. My dad talks about how, you know, they were they they were sending people to Vietnam and he always says, you know, you would they went to take a test to see if you could go. And they they said, um, write your name down on a piece of paper. And then they said, "Okay, the test is done. You that was and turn it in. And that was the test. And one of his friends was uh, very anti-war and punched someone in line. And, you know, so he was too aggressive. And so because he was anti-war. And so he didn't have to go. And then my dad, because he had a college degree, was able to go. And he agreed to be a teacher in basically like bad neighborhoods in Chicago, like, un, you know, underprivileged neighborhoods. And so he was a school teacher for several years to not have to do go to the war really yeah which is like probably like not like doesn't make him seem like a hero but um he's teaching underprivileged kids yeah i yeah and he has lots of fun stories from that but but yeah i can't it's, it sounds really crazy what that what that was like my dad had to write his name down on a piece of paper and he just wrote down i'm gay are you no, kidding, kidding me <laughs> That was a thing that could get you out of the war is being gay. Can you believe True. that? Dude, wow. I'd kiss, I would kiss a dude. I would suck a dude's dick to avoid being in a, a foxhole. <laughs> when you watch those things, now listen, obviously, anyone that is in the military knows I'm not the man that they are. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a man like that. And I don't think I'd fare well in a foxhole in Vietnam. Oh, my God. Uh, just like being in a foxhole and being like, i wonder how many dudes were like oh yeah i'd put a dick in my mouth to get the fuck out of here like i would easily and now i can't believe gay guys fought to be in the military who the (laughs) fuck wants to be in the military like well they i think just for it to be fair but you have a good point it's not a good uh, yeah but think i'm thankful for the people who i mean i guess you if you want if you want to be in the military sure but still that's a don't ever underestimate what it's like to be told you can't do something. That's so crazy. That is the, that is what it is, is being told no. Yeah. Because once you say no to me, that's one of the problems with comedy. And with when, when you pick like uh, taboo subjects, I then go, well, that's what I want to talk about now. Yeah. Because once you say no to someone, don't underestimate the power of no. I've always heard that in the way when you say, they go, hey, they want you for this project and you pass on it. They want you more. And it's the same fucking thing. Yeah. It's like if you once you can't have it, even if it is literally going to war, I'm sure people are like, why can't I go? I want to fucking be allowed. Can you imagine? There are a lot of brave gay people. Yeah. No, I'm probably more brave gay people than. (laughs) Yes. I would have guessed there's equally as many brave gay people (laughs) as there are brave straight people. I don't think there's any fucking difference. My point is. 
You you don't want to go. By the way, by the way, uh, by the way, I'm a I'm a coward. Like I'm a coward. <laughs> uh, if I was gay, I would also be a coward. Yes. I'd be like, can yes. you just do the tip? I don't want to do the whole dick. I'd be a coward, gay, a coward, straight, a coward, anything. Oh, so love you were just it. thinking about if you were gay and trying to get in the military, you'd be like, you'd be like fuck. fuck no. You'd be like, oh, but, that's the rule. Okay, no worries. Yeah, but even still, like I, like I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. The idea of being told when to wake up, like we were talking. I was talking to Shane Gillis about it, and he was like, oh yeah, it's not enjoyable. Like Shane Gillis was in, uh, went to uh, army, he, went to the, the Citadel, or no, no. Uh, I think you were talking to Brian Simpson. I was talking to Brian Simpson also, but I was talking to Shane Gillis. I was talking to Shane Gillis privately about being put in the military. Cause he, he joined, uh, what's the big one? The army team, the Navy? The Rangers. No, 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 no. The college it's, uh, it's, um, ROTC. No, God damn it. He said it was quite unenjoyable, unenjoyable. Yeah, I'm not the kind of person that enjoys being told when to wake up, and I'm sure for some people it gives them structure. Yeah, like I, I, I I'm certain it gets, is fulfilling. I'm certain there's a lot of pluses in the military, but being shot at and being told when to wake up and when to go to sleep are not my hype. They're not <laughs> those, my just those there's, three, there's three specific... things: getting shot at, not being allowed to drink whenever I want, and, and being woken up too early. Being woken up, you could. By the way, I'd probably go to sleep fine. Let's five, top five reasons you wouldn't want to be in the military. Mine okay? is that I don't want to be told when to go to bed because that triggers me. I'm like, when pe- when someone says lights out, I'm like, I'm not ready. I don't want it to be dark. I'm alone and I'm scared. That would be my first. Okay, that's number one. Let's go through top five reasons Esther can't be in the military. And then I'll do my top five reasons. What other? Um, dietary, I kind of like to have choices. Yeah. Yeah. Although, don't underestimate a routine and how beneficial that could be. Okay. All right. <laughs> then now we're finding some positives about the yeah. military. Because it would be nice to not think about it and go, I kind of like that about high school. Is it like, yes. what's for lunch today? And they're like, spaghetti. You go, ooh, spaghetti today? Well, I, I went to this like re- wellness retreat a couple years ago where really? the whole thing is they're like, we take decision making away from you. We, you wouldn't like it because they wake you up. But maybe for five days you could do it. They wake you up. They Where say, is this? It's uh, it's called like the ranch something. It's here in L.A. They, Find it, Austin. It, it's so. I my dream is to go with like a group of comedians. I, I would love. To. We got to Let's make we this take decision making away from you. Tell me what I'm getting taken away from, and I'll decide if. Oh, I guess I won't decide if I like it. <laughs> So like they wake you up, they, you're in your room and a walkie talkie goes off and they're like, wake up, it's time, come meet us for breakfast. They give you like a thimble full of granola and, or you can have more food though if you need. I had double portion cause I didn't want to, I wasn't there to try to lose weight. Um, they take you on a four hour hike. I love it. Keep going. And then you come back, you have your lunch break. There's like maybe a little workout class and there's maybe a little nutrition lecture. They feed you a wonderful dinner made by like a world-class chef. White wine? Is it the Ranch Malibu? It is the Ranch Malibu. There's no, no, you're not supposed to bring any alcohol or any of that stuff. But me and I did this with my fiance, Dave, and we, we cheated a little. We brought some candy, you know. Oh, nice. Um, the wellness ranch i'm doing this with leanne was it fun as a couple so much fucking fun as a couple are you kidding me it's such a bonding we laughed harder than we've ever laughed because we were like the messes in the group 
And it's a five day thing. I think they do like you can do five days. You can do seven days. It, yes. Halston mm-hmm. programs. The ranch Malibu. Click it. What's the ranch private? I think that's where. So the ranch Malibu, you go with a group. So you're that's a, that's the best part is you're with a group of like 10 strangers and you're like all getting to know each other. Rates. What's included? Uh. Holy shit. Week rate, five nights, $8,000. So expensive. $8,000. Week rate, 13 nights, 18. 20 nights, can't do 20 nights. I can do five nights. Click me, week rate, five nights. My girls can take care of themselves, (laughs) right? So it is sort of a fat camp, but you don't have to treat it as such. Because like I said, I asked for a double portion of the food because I didn't I was like, I'm not starving here. Fuck no. Guests routinely lose three to six percent of their body weight, along with a substantial inches of fat I loss will and muscle gain. Shred fucking weight. I will be the fucking trendsetter. So offered 52 weeks. See when when Leanne and I can go. You guys have to go. Do I surprise her with it? Yes. Well, it's kind of a crazy surprise. Okay, what if I do this for me, Leanne, and our three other friends that would be incredible and life-changing and like you would have so much fun says upon completion of the program guests feel both physically and mentally transformed logging over 60 miles of hiking losing weight and inches emanating a vibrant healthy glow and regaining mental clarity and peace of mind lasting nutritional and fitness guidance from the ranch experts will continue after departure to ensure guests sustain the benefits of their stay and me and Dave, we still like talk about the people that were there and we laugh about it. Like it was just so memorable. You send me that link. Yeah. Uh, text it to the broadcast. It's like um, summer camp. I could totally do in this. Let me see some pictures. Let me see. Keep rolling. Let me see some pictures of like things also, they do. Like, Let me they... see the room. Let me see the room. This is in the middle of Malibu, huh? Yeah. Nice rooms are nice. You got a hot tub? Yeah. I don't know if I had that, but there's... Is there a sauna? I don't remember. Because there's two programs. There's one where you stay in a hotel and one where you stay in these cabins. Uh-huh. I did the hotel one, which I think is... They closed that one for COVID, but I think they'll start it again. You could so, do but this is the ranch one? Yeah, this one's like a little more outdoorsy vibes of where you're staying. More cabin-like, I would say. But like it. in the hotel one, there's coffee in the lobby. So Dave would get it every morning. You're not supposed to have coffee. Oh, fucking, you just lost Leanne. Well, she, you can sneak it. I take Xanax in. I yeah. Bring edibles. <laughs> I bring, I did there. I, by the way, I fucking, and then I bring snacks. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna gain weight. <laughs> Sniffing a bottle of white wine. I've been looking for a rehab that does like white wine and, and weed. Oh my God. Like just a light re- rehab where they're like, we're just gonna, kind of reset you that's I, I you know what that's sort of my dream too like i want to like a kind of a rehab experience i feel like that's yeah. why i sought this out this is great yeah this is a game changer it's obviously crazy pricey but it is a once in a lifetime okay, there we go read it off halston private accommodations for each guest Boom. daily guided hikes and afternoon fitness class Boom. Da- daily yoga Daily massage, plant-based and nutritionally dense meals and snacks designed to nourish and detoxify you during the week. Boom. Bod pod 
body fat testing, Boom. evening elective nutrition and wellness discussion, mm-hmm. cooking demonstration and garden tour, Pass. laundry services. Nope. Return. <laughs> return it. No, they do your laundry, right? Is that what that means? I guess we return didn't airport that. transfer. Uh, Saturday night stay, pre and post program. Make your reservation. You ready? Make your reservation. I'm this is so everything excited. I would love. I'm so excited for you. Oh my god! And by the way, if you run a wellness ranch, hit me up. I, <laughs> by the way, I'm so into this shit. I wanted to do. I wanted to do a silence um, uh, ranch. I could never. Why? How could you do it? Just, I don't know. I mean, I, I would. I'd like to. St- by the way, I could use to stop talking. I think I talk too much. Like I fucking bite my tongue so much these days, and uh, and because I'm talking non fucking stop. Fucking Jesus! No, Did you send that link to me and yeah, my broadcast? Can't wait. Yeah, I'm really into like little boot camp things. Anything that feels, I, yeah, it's totally a life. Changer. So wait, so what are you promoting? You have a, t- a TV show? Yeah, so we just uh, the second season of the show Dollface just came out um, with Kat Denning, Shane Mitchell, and Brenda Song. It's super cute, like super feel good. N- nothing heavy or serious. Nice. Um, Love that. Yeah, and then Trash Tuesday. Which oh. we're gonna have you on. I would love to be on. We w- we would love to like just we love having a guy there because I feel like sometimes we, we like I feel like we overwhelmed Krista Stefano a little, but it was so really? much fun. Oh, you guys can't overwhelm me. <laughs> That's I'm true. Fucking broken. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking broken. I would uh, I would love to see Leanne on it and just watch her go. Huh? I would love that. What? <laughs> what? Bobby does what? Huh? <laughs> She loves Bobby Lee too. Really? Leanne loves her favorite episode of The Cabin was Bobby Lee and Donnell by far. Oh, I yeah. think that was everyone's favorite because I got messages from my family about that episode. That was everyone's favorite. They were the two funniest fucking human beings who were game for fucking everything. That's they so were cool. fucking ballers. Well, this has been a blast doing this. Thank I you know. so much. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for chatting with me. No, of course. Anytime. By the way, anytime. You're very, very easy to talk to. And if you drank alcohol, we could do this twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we could keep going right now. Yeah. Trash Tuesdays. Let's set it up, okay? Absolutely. I'm dying to do it. And I can't wait for you to go to the ranch. This is going to be. And, I'll, and I, by the way, we can use Instagram. Yeah. At the ranch? Oh, yeah. I want oh. all the content. Oh, I'm following them on Instagram right now. Yes. I bet they're on Instagram, aren't they? They are. Yeah. They should oh, also ranch. watch this episode and hook it up. No. Oh, I should never have told everyone what dates I'm going. Just cut that out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We t- cut the dates out that I want to go. Um. Yeah, don't <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't do that yeah cut that out uh the ranch at rock creek no the no. ranch restaurant Mal- the ranch probably called the ranch malibu. malibu the ranch malibu healthy lifestyle follow oh i can't wait i might have a pr contact i will i'll hook i'll send it to i have your number if yeah. i can i'll we'll see what we can do uh if i here's the, the way it works if i do it if I get a hookup, I won't enjoy it. I will, I'll enjoy it. I'll be forced to do everything they say. I won't. Like, if I pay for it, then I'll cheat. So I kind of want to cheat, you know? Yeah. Like, if I don't if I don't pay for it, then I won't bring Xanax. Because I don't want to, like, I don't want to. I know what you're saying. I don't want to be under their rules. I, totally. I do. I, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> and if they're paying for it, they're telling me what to do. And I'm, they're going to be like, they're like, Are you, do you want to put this breakfast on Instagram? And I'll be like, of course. Of course. But if I pay for it, I'll be like, 
I'll be I'll be able to enjoy it my pace and go, hey, triple breakfast. <laughs> And Leanne, they'll order like, triple two. They'll be like, sir, we haven't heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, you know, your wife has been ordering two of everything, and I, we feel like she's not eating any of it. <laughs> I go, yeah, she's not eating anything. She's going to lose 6%, okay? <laughs> sir, you're the only one to gain weight out of the ranch. This is quite troubling. <laughs> um, Thank you for doing this. Thank you. I'll see it. you soon. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.